hello, this is Guillermo del Toro, and you're listening to Out Now Podcast. Hello. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is unfortunately not here at the work now, but he's been doing pretty good on these horror ones recently, so we'll see what we can do without him this week. But we do have a lot of guests, but uh, Out Now is normally a film podcast where we discuss new movies of the week. However, it is October 2021, and given the month of October, we are doing our special horror bonus episodes where we talk about various aspects of the horror genre we've been doing it for many years now they're always a lot of fun and this year we're focusing on franchises specifically we've talked about the Candyman franchise and the omen franchise and now we're this week we're talking final destination yes the five films in the final destination franchise and joining me to do such thing we have from joe blow look at him most people have dreams for him this is real it's jimmy o i'm a stan of devon sawa today i'm always a stan of devon sawa also joining us from Flicks for Fans, facing his deepest fears before they face him, it's Jason Coleman. Uh, uh, oh, shit, I, ha- I just had something and now I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what it was. I'm one Mac Daddy you don't want to fuck with. <laughs> also joining us from the Brandon Peters Show and Why So Blue, much like death, he doesn't take no for an answer. It's Brandon Peters. Despite popular belief, the the in the Brandon Peters show is not a tribute to the Final Destination. <laughs> Should be. And also oh, joining <laughs> also join, also joining us, we have a very special guest, the creator and screenwriter for Final Destination, executive producer for Final Destination 2, and director of Don't Look Back, it's Mr. Jeffrey Reddick. Hey, Yay. I thought I thought the out was like this was like a gay show. So I'm I, I signed on for the wrong thing. Sorry guys, I'm out of here. <laughs> We will fit. We'll fit that in, man. Okay, we'll fit that in. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta wait till the end of the show. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we weave in mysterious ways. <laughs> well, it's glad. I'm glad to have all you guys here. But Jeffrey, welcome to our show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. No, it's exciting. Halloween's my favorite time of year. So, um, finally, it's here or coming. It's yeah. here. <laughs> Screw it. And it, it's the first it's spooky year, like season. last year, we didn't have it. We really didn't have a Halloween season because of pandemic. So it's nice to actually be able to celebrate again. At least, I don't know about you guys, but it felt like it was last year. It felt kind of kind of a downer. Not I mean, we did, we did five episodes of this show, so I wasn't too down. I know, on. <laughs> but we didn't get to go places and go to see movies and in theaters and all that shit. Jimmy, I ghosted you down. for a year thanks to the pandemic. So it all kind of worked out. <laughs> That's a good point. In ghost, in ghost phase. There yeah. you go. Yes. No, there was I a, there, Jimmy, there was a, like, I didn't get to go to any haunted houses last year because uh, mm-hmm. I didn't want, they were yeah. open, but I didn't want to go inside. Uh, Fuck there was something scarier than a guy in a costume in there. Yeah. a trick or treat the treat this year is having mm-hmm. jeffrey here amazing it, yes it is amazing. a treat yes. thanks thank you oh, jason once you. again for thank keeping you. us on 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 brand uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so the idea is that we're going to talk about the final destination films of course and obviously since we have you know the the actual creator of the franchise which is, which is awesome um normally we kind of go over our general thoughts on final destination but i'd like to think we'd, we'd say they're fun so with that out of the way let's <laughs> let's let's jump just to jeffrey and talk about where did this franchise come where did this first film come from uh well i was born a coal miner's daughter um in eastern <laughs> kentucky no no it's 
it doesn't start back that far. But Kentucky does weave into a lot into the first two movies, though. Um, no, the the idea for the first one was more of a kernel of the idea. Like I was flying home to visit my family in Kentucky, and I read an article about a woman who was taking a flight. And her mother called her and said, don't take the flight. You're on tomorrow. I have a bad feeling about it. And she switched flights and the plane crashed. So I was reading this article on a plane and I was like, oh, that's, a, yeah, I didn't a panic. I thought, <laughs> I thought that's a cool idea for a movie, you know, but I didn't know or the, a cool scene for a movie. So I didn't know what to do with it. Um, but I was in New York working at New Line Cinema um, in New York and I was trying to get a writing agent. And they said, you know, you need to write something like a spec episode of something that's on television. So the X-Files was one of my favorite shows and then it clicked it was like oh this would be a great opening scene for an x-files episode Hmm. um so i wrote the spec script and before we sent it off i got an agent off of it but before we submitted it to the show um one of my friends at new line was like you know this is actually a really good idea for a feature you should um expand this into a movie and i was like okay cool so i wrote like a maybe a five page kind of pitch for the movie version and one of my friends chris bender who worked at new line had just started working for Warren Zide and Craig Perry, uh, these two producers who also produced American Pie, um, and they were looking for horror stuff. So I sent over like four of my ideas and they sparked this one. Uh, So we developed it. Um, They had a first look deal at New Line. I was smart enough to know that even though I worked at New Line, um, you need to kind of stack the deck in your favor. Um, So I wanted (laughs) to catch some producers. Uh, But New Line kept passing on it because they were like, we don't we just don't get the death thing. Like you can't see it. Like you can't, you can't we fight it. We don't it. have like, a villain. We don't have a, we don't yeah, have there's a, not a villain. Like, mm. And we're like, that's the beauty of it. Like, that's what makes it cool. And at first it was adults. Um, and we kind of picked that theme, that up for final destination too. Uh, but then scream came out. So they're like, well, let's try to make them teenagers. And then we made them teenagers. I was about uh, to ask what you in the, I'm curious, when is this happening? Like, when did you, when did you first oh, like pitch this at like, is this mid nineties? I'm assuming. Mid nine, late nineties, but we'll just say for the record, it was like two thousand and ten. Nope. That's how you. Um, it, it was, yeah. It you was were a 90, child prodigy, right? I was, yeah, that, I don't have to fudge the age. Yeah, I just sold it when I was in, in preschool. That preschooler's so. got a heck of a twisted mind. Yeah. I know. Uh, so no, it was. Uh, I sold it in ninety seven, I think, and it came out in two thousand. So we had a pretty quick um, turnaround, for, especially for a studio project that was a pretty quick turnaround and um and yeah so finally it got to it literally got to the point where uh warren and craig perry were like well if you pass on this we're going to take it to dimension which was like new line's competitor um and that would have been great to have a harvey weinstein movie on my resume um <laughs> and uh new line was like no no we'll buy it so they bought it and you know they bought the treatment and had me write the script and they were so you know I mean, we, we had worked through the treatment a lot so i don't say this cocky but they were so happy with the first draft that they just immediately went out to directors for Great. it. And the ironic thing is we ended up with James Wong and Lynn Morgan, who directed some of my favorite X-Files episodes and mm-hmm. also did Space Above and Beyond. And, you know, so there, it, it, it was kind of a cool full circle kind of kismet thing, if you will. Great. So the film, so the film gets sold, you get, you get James Wong and Wong and uh, Glenn Morgan get attached. And obviously they're accredited writers as well. I think uh-huh. you were telling us a little bit before the show that they basically came in and kind of did a bit, 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 bit of a rewrite on it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the biggest thing that they did, which which I think helped the film to become kind of what it is today, um, is 
in my version, it was because I'm very Nightmare on Elm Street is one of my favorite films of all time. So in my version of the script, since death had basically fucked up the first time, it couldn't just come back and kill them. So it basically mind. Can I? I'm not going to say fuck a lot, but can I say? You're yeah. We don't have any. Okay. We, we only um, limit I, Jimmy on this podcast. I, I don't curse <laughs> yeah. in real life, but you get me on a podcast and it just all starts. Jimmy's I, almost no, at his quota though for today. That's yeah, that's no. that's yeah. me. That's me when I play Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so death basically kind of mind fucks with the characters and they end up committing suicides, which is pretty heavy. So I love the kind of Rube Goldberg angle that James and Glenn came up with because what that did is I think my version would have really struck a chord with the hardcore horror fans because it was very hardcore horror. But I think that going the Rube Goldberg route kind of opened it up where people outside the genre could still enjoy it and still be like, oh crap, like let me start looking around and seeing what's how death's going to come and get me. So um, that was the biggest change that they made, which I think, you know, made the film much more accessible um, than I think my version would have been to the audiences outside of the genre. I'm curious because you have the involvement of Wong and Morgan. The first film obviously has a more somber tone than I think the rest of the films do. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. The second one specifically, you know, given the adjustment it makes as far as how it handles the tone, is that something that you were more, were you more keen on having a, you know, that the tone of the first film or were you more leaning on what you want? I mean, you're saying suicides were a big part of the original version. So <laughs> well, it sounds like the somber nature is yeah. more. Well, no, it's, it, it's funny. Cause I, 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 most of my horror tends to be kind of fun horror. And even, even in the version I wrote, there was, there was still humor in it, even though it, it got pretty heavy. Um, and the first one does have humor in it. I'm not going to yeah, say it's it not. Does. It has, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But with the second one, um, Eric Bress and J. Mackie Gruber, who wrote the script for that really brought, elevated the humor up because I, the, you know, they still use my basic story for the tr- sequel, but I was going off the first tone of the first movie so, you know, I, you know, wrote a sequel for the second one that kind of did all the stuff that I love in sequels, like um, bringing back, you know, an OG from the first film. You know, I wanted to start off the film with a group of teenagers. So you thought, oh, God, this is going to be another teenager movie and then like kill them all in the van mm-hmm. <laughs> and focus on adults um, and also expand the mythology. So that you realize the people being alive past their time to die impacted other people. So it did all the stuff that I wanted to do in a sequel like that. I'm, I love the second one. Um, and, but when I wrote my treatment, it was, I kept it very much in tone with the first film mm-hmm. because, you know, I, that's what they did in the first film. So, so I think my treatment overall was more serious. So I think Jay and, and um, um, Eric brought the, brought the humor, uh, which I think works really well. Like I, I love the second film. <laughs> um, I just think it all works really, really well. All right. Well, I'm, quick, 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 quick step. I was, just, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. The the what's the biggest difference? Do would you think between you know you wrote it as a spec script for the X Files, which is fascinating to me. What would you say the biggest difference was between that and the feature film that you then wrote? What was the what was the biggest well, difference? The the thing that I came up with the X Files script which still could be a good movie and maybe i'll i was thinking the other day i just should write that and just keep ripping myself off um is <laughs> basically it's scully's brother charles that has a premonition he's like the brother that we i don't think we ever saw on that show he's like the what the mystery brother um so the whole story is like he has a premonition people start dying um and he's a suspect so scully is basically thinking about quitting the x-files because she's like you know 
I, my family, you know, everybody in my family keeps either dying or something horrible is happening because of all this stuff. But what you find out, the twist at the end of the script is you find out that the sheriff who's been investigating with them got shot and flatlined at the same time the plane went down. So death went into him and was using a human being as like the killer. So oh. that was kind of death's MO was like somebody would flatline when somebody cheated death and they would, death would like take over their body and like use them to like tie up the loose end. So big difference from the making death. It, I mean, death itself was still the killer in my version, but death was using a person. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Did you, cool. do you still have that script? Do um, I do. And it's so, it's so funny because I found a copy of it and I put the rock cause somebody had wanted to, I don't know. I'm just blanking if it was dread central or what one, uh, one of the horror sites wanted to publish it. And I just, I wrote a date on the cover that I thought was a date that I wrote it. And of course, all the, all the geeks online, and I'm a geek too, so, um, but they were like, hey, this script is dated 95, but this character wasn't introduced till 96, so this is a fake script. And I'm like, no, I just fucking typed the date wrong on the cover. I <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the script, the script, I still have it on my, yeah, it's, it's online, and I have it on my computer somewhere, so I'll send it to you. Um, oh, please, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't believe I haven't done that already. Sorry, Jimmy. I, I know. That's okay. I'll forgive you though. <laughs> well, I uh, I know I know Jason's frothing at the mouth to ask more oh, yeah. questions that delve yeah. into this franchise. Oh, so I want to. So I, I, so I well I want to I want to uh, kind of get into this by going by film by film, obviously. So let's let's just set up Final Destination just for this for the sake of a little consistency for this the, the format of this this episode. Final Destination comes out in two thousand, like you mentioned. It opens in March. Makes a good amount of money. Makes 120, 112 million worldwide, which is for a horror movie mm-hmm. uh, that kind. That's pretty strong. Yeah, it's directed by James James Wong, as we established. Written by <laughs> you, of course, Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey Reddick, along with Wong and Glenn Morgan. It's fun to have the writer on the show. Like that's just neat to me. Um, uh, the incident this time around is a plane crash, of course. Um, the film features Devin Sawa, Ali Larder, Keir Smith, Sean William Scott, and Kristen Cloak, among others, uh, and of course Tony Todd. Uh, for those keeping track, yeah. Tony Todd in this movie. Uh, <laughs> this will be a recurring segment as we go through the rest <laughs> of these <stories. laughs> um, I think everyone generally knows the premise of Final Destination, but basically Devin Sawa's character, he has a vision of, a, of the plane that he's on at the very moment crashing and freaks out. Others get involved. Several leave the plane. While they're fighting amongst themselves about what's actually happened, the plane actually does blow up in the sky, causing all sorts of, oh no, what's happened? And then Death decides it wants to write the course of things by slowly and elaborately murdering off the remaining survivors. So yeah, that's that's how that's how that first one starts out. So Jason, wh- what do you what do you have to ask? What do you, what do you want okay. to ask? <laughs> so the, 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 the one question uh, there was two questions, but the first question I was always curious about was the the source of the premonition given to I knew, Alex. Yeah, now, I knew. Yeah. You were now, now 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 obviously just going from your original script, if, if Glenn and and James had changed it, look how excited he is. That's totally <laughs> fine. But just going off of your original idea, because the idea is he's been he's been given. A, I mean, everybody can see the signs, and we see that through the series. That if you look for the signs, you can see certain things but only certain people are given a premonition and he was only given one premonition in other movies people are given multiple premonitions yeah. so um in that one he was given a premonition and i guess i was curious of the source of that premonition because it, it can't be death who would gave it to him because why would death give him the premonition to have free will to take that chance to decide not to get on the plane and then kill them all later so i was curious just where your your headspace were where you what, what when you wrote that or when you came up with that original concept where where did you feel that he got that from yeah well, originally the the conceit was that 
we learned throughout the movie that he had the premonition because he wasn't supposed to die in the on the plane. He wasn't supposed to die in the crash, but everybody else was. So the premonition was to get him off oh. the plane, but he cheated. Wow. You know, he got into other people's fates when he got other people off the plane with him. Which it's funny because they tell you in screenwriting 101, like you have to explain like why is this you know happening to this person, um, but they kind of took that out, which is you know fine because nobody's well people do ask everyone well like why do you have the premonition, um, but they kind of did take out that idea that he was never supposed to die in the crash. So gotcha. um, that makes that a Twilight original... Zoney, I'd I'd say that gives a kind yeah. of a Twilight if it's just yeah. if it's just a singular yeah, a survivor. Bit. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And then um, and then the other one I was always curious about, again, I you know, was the Tony Todd character or that character, was that in your original screenplay? Because I don't want to ask a bunch of questions about that. Oh, no, absolutely. Okay. No, there so, were, the more t- he served the same per- I had a character in my original screenplay who basically went through what Alex had gone through, like who kind of shows up and explains the rules and is like, you know, I had a premonition, that, you know, save some people from dying. And then they all ended up dying. You know, so he kind of, there was a character named Randall in my original script that was kind of that character, um, but he wasn't a mortician. He was like, he was kind of Alec, another version of Alex who'd been through the same thing that Alex had been through. Right. But now over the space of the films and and just through Tony Todd's performance and stuff, he's sort of seen as maybe more than, maybe he, you know, he could be- He has the inside cor- scoop on death. He could be the coroner, he could <laughs> be William Bloodwith, he could be death himself, the Grim Reaper. I was just curious, yeah. when you when you wrote that character in whatever way, shape, or form, was, was it only to use as sort of a plot device to give those details, or did you have any sort of inkling to go, this might be death, this might be a physical incarnation yeah. of what's going to happen? Now, orig- originally, it, w- it was- somebody who'd gone through what Alex had gone through. So I, I, I love what they, how vague they kept. Tom, and plus I got to stop for a second and say, fucking Tony Todd being in one of my movies. It's like, <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome. Like when they, <laughs> when they told me that they're like, what about Tony Todd? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? What about, what do you yeah, mean? Find him. <laughs> I, I'm still friends with him and, and Devin. Um, and I adore both of them, but yeah, Tony, Tony's just, just, a, an amazing and not even just a horror amazing horror actor i saw like a one-man show he did here 90 minutes high emotion low emo- like he just tore it up for 90 minutes and then after the show i was like you were phenomenal he's like oh, i messed up two lines i'm like dude he just did a 90 minute one man show like i had no idea that he, he's such a he's such a he takes his crap so seriously um but i love that they've kept it intentionally vague about what he is and what he knows because you know, the the thing that I give New Line a lot of credit for is, you know, they know their audiences and, um, you know, we test, I'm sure this is going to come up, but, you know, we test screened the original ending um, and it didn't test well, so they reshot the ending. Um, so they listen, New Line listens to the fans and people really responded to his character in the film. They're like, what is, what's up with him? And, you know, so they mm-hmm. don't, they decided intentionally kind of on a creative level not to ever specify exactly mm-hmm. who he is and how he knows all this stuff not to say that they won't someday you know you can't you can't drag a mystery out forever but um yeah <laughs> i like the idea of, the, of final destination <laughs> six finally happening and tony todd's there and audience is like are we gonna look at the answers to our questions <laughs> and he's like i'll see you in three three more sequels <laughs> <laughs> when it's the when it's the found footage version of Fat yes <laughs> Okay. You mentioned the you mentioned Ooh. the alternate ending. I don't believe I've seen mm. it since the uh, New Line Platinum DVD release. So you want to remind us of uh, what happened in the alternate version of the 
of the yeah in the original version of the film um Devin Sawa's character Alex died when he grabbed the the wires on the car so the film picks up later with you know Ali Larder's characters had a child by him like there was a sex scene earlier in the film um had a child by him so she's named the kid Alex and Keir Smith's character kind of comes in and they're talking you know and it ends on a leaf floating off it's all very uh sweet mm-hmm. um but you know again I think for a horror film audiences don't want a sweet five minute ending and then also they're like why is the asshole guy like alive? Yeah. <laughs> He's hanging out with Ali Larder now. Are they together? Like, what's going on? So, um, it was so interesting because, um, thank God, because you know Bob Shea signed off on like a million dollars to shoot that that ending um, in France, and it paid off. Um, oh, hang on a second. I thought my computer was plugged in, but my cat knocked it out of the charger. So. Careful with everything. Something <laughs> might. <laughs> hang on, I just want to cut off. Well, well, we Je- might- well Je- oh, geez. Well- while while Jeffrey f- figures that out, uh, Keir Smith plays the asshole character in this movie, correct? Brandon, if oh, I'm yeah. not mistaken, he's yeah. the asshole character in My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, he he's 3D from, as well. he was yeah. in, he was the he was the <laughs> he was the uh, the out of the closet kid from Dawson's Creek as well. Yes, That's what he I was being that. noticeable. Yeah. And like he likes the thing I noticed about him when going back to this movie and knowing from My Bloody Valentine is he comes in hot. He does. He is not afraid to <laughs> go for it. Like he and he is. Like him and Sawa are like an interesting dynamic to watch back and forth. Like I could watch it for a it long is, time. Like, it's- Sawa's character is so like restrained, except if he's talking to Kira Smith, where he's like immediately in alpha yeah. mode, which is wild. To me it is good. like I could watch a road trip of those two going places. Uh, road trip with Sean William Scott, co-star of Final Destination. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh there we go. God. There we go. Like so many, so many, like so many great, like young, like people. Oh no, yeah, we we were really we had a great casting director on that one because we, yeah, it was. I mean, such an amazing cast. And I remember the only per, like everybody auditioned, but I, but Craig Perry because he was doing American Pie, told told the executives at New Line like you got you got to put this Sean William Scott in the movie. He's gonna he's gonna be a star. Um. But playing, we got such playing an amazing some cast. against type basically yeah. like for for a role like that at that time for him like it's yeah it's more you know like uh, not nervous but he's just kind of like he's kind of a a, a dim witted guy like that's he's dim witted like, and he falls he falls off his bicycle a lot like, like in an like in an <laughs> earnest way as opposed to like a like a cocky jerky kind of way that the, yeah. the, the stiffler oh, thing kind of works speak, for him for a speak while. of the Sean William Scott character what were the character names your choices because they're all like yeah, horror they're all related yeah they're all horror yeah, no, that, throughout the series too yeah. yeah that was that was james and glenn that came up with that okay. idea that was yeah i mean i've always in some of my scripts i've always thrown in a craven here or something there but um it was their idea to name all the characters after after famous horror film directors Gotcha. That, yeah, it's that's a cool. through line throughout the series too. Yeah, it's a fun. Well, touch. When, well, was the inclusion of John Denver's Rocky Mountain High in your original script? Obviously, to do with the plane stuff, but it's sort of you know filtered through the movies and stuff. How did that sweet song by a happy-go-lucky man sort of become your ballad of death? That's enough. <laughs> that's a that's a James and Glenn one too. Like, I, I get weird about certain things um, because you know he did die in a plane crash, so I. I just get weird about how I write stuff. So that that's not necessarily something I would have plane crash. Let's put their song in our movie. Um, but it worked, <laughs> you know, it worked. <laughs> and none of the movies have used Skinner just... either. That's crazy. <laughs> five, five yeah, tries. No say, Skinner. You, you, Patsy Klein. You got, you got a little, I know, buddy, buddy, Holly, buddy Holly. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. You could do a whole, 
a whole shit ton of this. Oh yeah, my god, that's, that's a real gold this mine. Is the next year sequels. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god. Well, Aaliyah, um, Aaliyah, you could, yeah. Let's. Uh, yeah, that oh would that would go over really well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I, sure. I want to yeah. I want to talk about you know the, the the signature of this franchise, the deaths, of course. How um in the in the writing of this, obviously you know there's more involvement from Wong and Morgan, but like was did you have a lot of input in the kind of the Rube Goldberg nature of the the death setups, or was that something that got expanded on later on? Yeah, the or, how, or how creative were were your suicide ones? You know, from the original script. Yeah. Well, they were. I mean. I think that they were <laughs> very <laughs> creative. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an, probably the best example. It's like in, in my original version, like Todd, who's Alex's best friend, um, his kind of thing was like, you know, he's a preacher's son, but he's, you know, sells drugs at school. He's been stealing money from his dad's church. And, and so he's been haunted. He's been, feels guilty and is being haunted by some shit. And um, that's the last curse word I'll, I'll use, I hope. Um and please don't his, stop. Please don't stop. We see him at home. We see him at home having this like really kind of horrific, nightmarish experience. And then his father gets a call and he puts him on the car speaker. And, and his son's like, you know, Todd is like, you know, please forgive me. I'm, you know, so sorry. He can tell something's wrong. And so the dad's like speeding to get home. And when his dad hits the garage clicker, we see that Todd's rigged a noose up in the garage so that when his dad opens the garage, it hangs. Uh... So, you know, there the deaths were similar. Like there's, you know, Keir Smith's wow. asshole character, you know, jumps in front of a subway car, you know, that got his girlfriend and, you know, smashed by a bus. So there's a... Well, there's those a, beats are kind of there, just morphed into... The beats into... are there. It's just Rube Goldberg-y. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, now, now, yeah. now the, the, the Tony Todd character, he mentions in various films three, some very distinctive ways to cheat death. Okay? Yeah. Kill, mm-hmm. Killing someone to, to, to take their life... Um, creating new life skipping a person or saving someone since none of these had the effect they you know that that the people wanted you know to get the sort of valid escapes was was this kind of a ruse by him sort of toying with the survivors because they all tried these different things and none of them kind of worked so i was just curious well i think it's this is where we get into a little like creative discussion on what's canon for the films and not um because if you ignore the dvd extra as i choose to do on part three where it says that the characters from part two died. Um, if you just watch the films, they survived. I was going to say, you know? two's the only one where people actually survived that. Movie, yeah, so. but then the, mm-hmm. when they put out the DVD for part three, they said, oh, the characters in part two were killed. Mm-hmm. And so then they started making that the end of all the films from three. An on, inevitability. They started killing point. everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. for me, that just ruins, and it's not canon. So I don't think they're going to stick with that because you're absolutely right. Otherwise, we're just watching a movie where everybody's going to die in the end anyway. So. I think we were able to get away with it, especially for part five, because of how mm-hmm. that ended. Um, yeah. But the idea is there are ways, because my, my argument has always been, you can't cheat death, but you can prolong your life. You can, you know, death can, you know, even going with the logic that people die, even the horrible thing they did between movies, which we'll get to, which is like Devin Sawa got killed by a brick in the head, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Clear was still alive a year after Final Destination, you know, she'd been in that, in, in, in that sanitarium for a year. So it's not like everybody die, has to die at the end of the films. It's just, they, I think they got a little, you know. It, was that put there just to be like, here's the answer to, why isn't Devin Sawa in this movie? <laughs> a brick fell on his head. Is that like one of those kind of things for like it, audiences? I think it was, I mean, I, I thought, I mean, I think that they just put it in like that, but I actually was very, like, offended by that because I loved 
I, you know, I love mm -hmm. Alex and I love Devin. Was there a version um, written with him in mind? Yeah, like my, my original, my treatment for the original film had both of them coming back and then Clear dies, but Alex still survived. So when they didn't bring, you know, when they couldn't get him back, then it turned into like, you know, you bring the only survivor back and kill her. And I probably would have kept her alive if, if I'd have known <laughs> get both of them to come back. Um, it does work as a nice shock, though, as far as given that she's the only one that's returning, you, you kind of expect maybe she becomes the kind of uh, oh, yeah. character for the films besides yeah. someone that can like keep returning to some degree or something, you know, much like yeah. like, like Nev Campbell in the Scream movies or what have you. Like, well, yeah, and, mm. and it's not like she comes back for like a glorified cameo. Yeah, or she's in the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like right at the very last possible moment she could go and it's it's surprising yeah it was surprise yeah. yeah it that was um that was intentional but it yeah it would have it would have um been better without a brick in the head for alex something the, that... the off-screen brick in the head <laughs> but you know also in these movies if you don't see somebody die on screen True. for all we know alex would still be out there he knew what the, paper play... death reads so exactly he put the he read, yeah, story like, out and death's like what a brick he's in I witness didn't protection the, the nobody's gonna happen. nobody's gonna fall for this brick story it's so ridiculous <laughs> i heard a rumor that actually alex went and bought some weird doll to like name Chucky, that's what I heard. So I, I don't know. Maybe he'll come back another final destination. Because since he's doing Chucky, he's going back to horror. Maybe he could get back. You can say he lived. You could do it. Uh, if he's not having too much fun with that doll, it sounds a mm. little. Creepy. I know, right? The um, <laughs> next jumping, 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 <laughs> jumping back a bit to the the idea of like how these things end or whatnot. Something that keeps amusing me watching these movies is the fact that death like. Death's like, all right, they did a lot of effort to get out of this. I guess I'll give them three days or six months or whatever before I finally kill them off at the end. It just, it just watching each of these, it's like, oh, it looks like we made it, guys. And they're all like vacation and having a fun time. It's like, nope, actually, it got us after all. Like, yeah. that seems to have a great sense of humor about all this, which is kind of why I feel like the premonition thing exists to begin with. It like where it's, it's like, I'm going to kill these guys. But what if I? Well, know, and then he toys with Alex in the cabin when this. Alex isn't next, and he's in the cabin like doing stuff. He's like, "You're gonna get me." Oh wait, I'm not next. Well, yeah. in the, I would argue in the first one. I mean, and obviously we have Jeffrey here. You can clarify yeah. this, but in the first one, the things he's doing in that cabin, it's more his fault that he's getting into those scenarios to begin with, right? Like if he just sat still yeah. on the couch, nothing. Would, but he's like, because he's going out of his way to move stuff around and everything, like things are falling. He's like. Yeah, that's like it's same in the second one, right? There's a scene like a closet where like the guy's like, oh my God, like falling over yeah. the place. All or it's the like stuff is falling on me. Yeah. Where it's like that stuff that's kind of your own fault. You're just too panicky to like kind of realize that to begin. But I get it. I get I get obviously the film has. So this is a victim blaming show. Okay, got yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got it. All right. I believe death. Yeah. He was asking for it. Make horror, make horror great again. That's what I say. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. Oh, that's great. Oh. Jason, any other questions you have about Final Fantasy yeah, before we move on more um, to the sequel? The, yeah, you know, I, and again, I don't know if you if this was in your original script, but I really enjoyed the, there was a moment where Brendan first character comes onto the plane and he sees a baby crying and he sees this um uh, physically handicapped gentleman and he goes oh no it'd be like it'd be like so messed up it'd be a messed up god to crash this plane and i was just like it's so interesting mm -hmm. how you're really trying to subvert 
um, you know, the audience into 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 this this lulling sense of oh, okay, you know, I, was that in your original script? Or yeah, no, that, that was, the, the stuff that you really love that was James and Glenn. So, okay. um, <laughs> all, all the stuff, all the stuff you hated about the movie, was all from my original script. <laughs> no, I thought it was funny, but I look when I look at that shot, I'm like, that's an ugly baby. <laughs> um, but no, but no, you know, it. I'm not. That's it. Babies are usually cute, but it's like they picked an ugly baby for that scene. <laughs> to make it feel okay? I don't... I don't know. <laughs> I guess ugly babies are asking for it, too. Uh, ugly babies, man. <laughs> nice. Well, that's all I got for part one. So, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. I just want to point out a few... Let's, let's point out... What's, I want to do one thing for, for mm-hmm. each of these movies that, that I think is fun. It's just, what's your favorite death from this film? My mine is the is the his friend Todd is that that's his Todd favorite. that's my yeah. favorite too. that that's my favorite one mm-hmm. it's very elaborate but it's also really sad <laughs> it's so that, sad and Chad, it's so Chad Danella who would go on to be the lead of Saw 3D yeah mm-hmm. yeah the yeah. best Saw that's what people say yeah that's that scene I mean the, obviously the, the bus is so much fun to watch with an audience mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. The, the Todd scene is my favorite because it's just so it is like so so sad and he just does such an amazing job and they shot it so well. Um, and there's that mo- the moment where his where his eyes turn red. That's uh, where you kind of yeah. go, yeah. Oh, oh my man. gosh. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, it's a, ooh. It's that. You get that within reach shot of him trying to get the, the scissors and everything, like to just cut the, th- or whatever. Yeah, yeah, scissors, like cut the wire. Like there's just all these little bits where you really, you want him, you don't want him to, you don't want any of these people to die. Well, maybe Keir Smith, but you don't want no. any of these people to die. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really sad to watch him. And then well, like. My, my most fun one though, It's it's not even fun. It's just. Because uh, I love Kristen Cloak, she she plays Miss Luton, uh, the teacher. Mm-hmm. But she's oh um, yeah, Glenn Morgan's wife, and he oh obviously had so much fun killing the fuck out. I mean, okay, that was the last <laughs> one, killing the crap out of her. Like she has the most long, lengthy, like <laughs> lingering death. So <laughs> let me let me t- let me tell you, like, so I didn't I didn't see this movie in theaters. I saw it when it came out on DVD at that time. My dad mm. my dad rented it. We watched it together. He's not a big horror guy, but he saw the trailer. He figured it's like, okay, that's neat. That's an interesting premise. I was into this. The second I knew he was turned off from this movie <laughs> because he's not like he's not a slasher guy at all. Is is during her death scene because up till then it's played pretty seriously and like in a plausible manner. But when it gets to her, there's a shot of when like Devin saw when when he comes into the house and he oh, sees and her just lying the there with all the knives laying on her. I, 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 I could this is twenty one years ago. I can still remember my dad being like. All right, I think I'm good with this. Like he's just—he was just out of it at that. I point. can watch him kill kids all day, but you put an adult in there. <laughs> he's like, you know, he, he, like he was just like, you know, this turned into a thing. I just—I wasn't ready for. I didn't want to see that. <laughs> so that's your dad's oh favorite. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the sequels he's all about though. He just yeah. really turned around at the rest. <laughs> but uh, no, that one is—it's very and yeah, yeah, it just gets worse and worse for her, especially when the, when yeah. the chair the chair falls over and just the chair beats and the, the knife. Yeah. Even <laughs> And then the house explodes for good measure, just to make sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all, all I with, mean, all with Rocky Mountain High underneath. Yeah, that, underneath that yeah. scene. So, and I, if I, if what I read, did she do to anyone, man? Seriously, she what was dealing. She was dealing though. drugs after class. You just didn't see those scenes. <laughs> um, <laughs> as I, if I, I believe I read this correctly, that house that blew up, like they, the house was like the house they had for the set was real, and it was they didn't want to blow it up. They built like a they built like an exterior or whatever to blow that up instead, so they could preserve hmm. the actual house. I read that. I don't know. I thought oh. that was interesting. Um, all right. Uh, well, we talked plenty about Final Destination. Let's move on. Let's move on to the sequel, Final Destination. 
two. Dude. <laughs> uh, was there any other uh, any other consideration for like elaborate subtitles or anything or were we just like no two we're good no it was yeah. just final destination two yeah it makes sense death rising uh, how how fast after jeffrey how fast after the first one did they come to you and go no 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 we're doing a second one like, oh no the funny here's the funny thing because this is typical hollywood they they didn't come to me and be like hey we're doing a second one i wrote a pitch for the second one um they're like who they are you again every, huh <laughs> they're like who are you again yeah, no, they literally <laughs> met every horror writer. They literally met or every horror writer in Hollywood um, to work on the sequel. And I kept getting calls from oh. friends. Oh, we just went in for final. And then they ended up buying my my treatment and going with my story anyway. So it was just like, <laughs> I think I think because I worked at the studio, they always kind of saw me as like, I mean, I started there when I was 19. So I worked there for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they oh, always wow. saw me as like the guy in New York who got lucky. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to like, the creator of a franchise that made us a shit ton of money. Um, so it, it was funny because I had that treatment written like pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, they just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and meeting everybody else. And then finally they were like, we're going with your story. Wow. Like, thanks. <laughs> well, one of the many frustrating things in this business dealing with that shit. Yeah, it's fine though. Cause I, I love the movie. But, you know, I love the second one too um yeah, yeah so it's 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 actually one of my favorites well um, the second one arrives in 2003 in january it makes 90 million worldwide a little less than the first one which is a little surprising i figured it'd be bigger um this time we have director david r ellis uh we have once again you as the uh the story of uh like uh john Mc, john mckay or jay yeah okay jay, jay mckay gruber and yeah. uh and eric bress uh, the incident this time is a car crash, uh, a free a highway crash, a large scale highway crash. Uh, the film stars Very AJ. Large. The film stars AJ Cook, Michael Landis, Living Singles TC Carson, Jonathan Cherry, Justine Machado, Ali Larder, <laughs> among many others. Uh, this time around, Tony Todd still in the movie. Um, okay, <laughs> pretty much a similar premise here. Uh, this time around, you have people about about to go on a big, a big, big road trip on the freeway lots of things are seen that turns out to be a premonition for a horrible freeway crash pulls off the freeway things happen anyway there are some survivors that were all waiting in line to get on the freeway but now they're fortunate to get killed <laughs> off in more elaborate and more terrible ways so this movie came out uh jimmy i want to hear from you, you, you you're i assume you're a fan of, of the sequel as well what, what, what do you think mm-hmm. of final destination 2 like on a general level well when i first saw it i i was i was a little disappointed because i I, it went in a more humorous tone and i i really appreciated the uh tone of the first film because i thought it was so dark and so kind of heartbreaking like you talked about that one death uh but it's one of those the more i watch it i think it freaked me out honestly part two that whole scene the the log i cannot i have ptsd from logs <laughs> every time i see a log in a car i'm freaked out i mean it's Any, a popular meme now like it's yeah. a very yes. popular meme yeah so it's it's one that's grown on me a lot and i just i think the it's just a fun movie and the deaths are it, it teeters the line of humorous and horrific in a very very satisfying way especially the the the, the car seat the 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 airbag thing that just I was oh. like, god damn it really <laughs> but yeah that's how i felt about it i mean and I, it, it you know it's funny jeffrey i i 
I it shocks me that that is your favorite, but I I kind of get why. I get why because it was so much fun and it's so enjoyable. Especially it holds up really well. I think, especially yeah. considering that scene. I mean, it's such a iconic moment. It emphasizes the fun for sure. And something I noticed mm-hmm. about the Ellis films because he's directed the Final Destination as well. He's big on explosions. Like he really <laughs> likes having like amping up the explode. Like not just like you know the other deaths that happen, but like he's big on flames specifically. <laughs> that mm-hmm. seems to enter the frame a lot in, in, in both of his movies. Um, the thing with David, um, and he, he's no longer with us, unfortunately, yeah. but mm-hmm. um, he was a stunt, a stunt coordinator and a, did, did a lot of stunt work before mm-hmm. the yeah. so for this second movie. Like, you know, you know, I had the log truck thing written and stuff like that, but just general, it, because we knew that he would just, even at the script phase, we knew that he would design it more, you know, spectacularly than we could ever write <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So in the script, it's just like, the lo- the chain breaks logs hit the highway unimaginable mayhem you know it's like so, it's so nondescript in the in the script and he did an amazing job and yeah it's a it's opening. a great of of the you know these inciting incidents that occur in these movies it's really solid like it has so many pieces mm-hmm. to it it's so elaborate there's and there it all you can track the geography really well in that sequence i think yeah. it's really really well edited to like put all that together in a way that is you know it's terrifying because you're watching it, you know, you're going into the sequel knowing, okay, I know what the basic idea is going to be of this, but how are all these pieces going to connect? And the way you just see all of that play out, and that applies to the death as well, obviously, but it's just for that highway sequence, it's just mm-hmm. so visceral mm-hmm. and just really yeah. exciting to watch in the moment. Like, you know, it's a horror movie, but it's a very strong action sequence as well, just in the way it, you know, all, all plays out. Um, yeah. Not to, fun to be on the road driving after watching that. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Uh, you know what there's something real before i forget because i'm gonna forget it again something i really like about that first one as far as that plane crash goes i love that when it when it blows up like sean williams scott's pointing at the glass say look the glass blows out in the airport that's always just yeah. a really cool touch oh, yeah. that i really like well, that, it feels mm-hmm. real like genuine mm-hmm. like because it's not like this b- big explosion that just happens it's like distant in the sky quiet mm-hmm. and it wow. yeah. boom it would, and, it would have yeah. that reverberating effect in real which is obviously why it's in there that's real yeah. that's like wow well, well, that's and his reaction's really great too mm-hmm. like yeah yeah it's yeah. So I just wanted to point that out before I forget it again because I do like I do like that moment a really a lot. Oh but, yeah, it's uh, beautiful. It's shot so great. That's yeah. For, yeah. But Jason, for this movie, what do you got? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the highway. What's interesting is uh, you know uh, looking over the different deaths, and we'll talk about uh, at the end uh, something I'm putting together about the final destination deaths. But if you look at that highway sequence, it's it, it, there's it's hard to pinpoint one death that's more memorable than the other they're all so just really grisly and really in your face and the stuff that jimmy was talking about about logs and about the, the one where the truck's coming right at him and it just uh, that stuff gives me ptsd too it really feels like you're right there so it's 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 it really does start the movie off with a bang um, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's 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 a fantastic Literally. sequence <laughs> well there's wow. a there's a sense there's a, there's something ellis does in this movie that's really rare in terms of being successful but there is this like giggling sense of suspense that happens like you can see things you're like oh i don't want to i want it to happen but i don't want it to happen i want it i'm gonna smash your well, face the- in but like it's it's weird <laughs> it's it's not like your normal suspense you want the result but you don't like it's a weird game it plays in your head but it's really fun mm-hmm. and silly to watch as well in a good way I, I haven't seen i haven't seen these movies since i initially saw them so it's been a while since i've rewatched a lot of these films i'm watching too and the thing that i kept doing because i'm just watching them by myself basically in my house 
it's like I'm, I'm i know some of these but i don't remember all of them as far as how elaborate it gets so like when i watch like evan's thing the guy in the apartment for example there's a point where he throws like the spaghetti out the window like and it's like <laughs> that's random and then like all this other stuff happens and at the very end he slips on the spaghetti and the thing i keep doing i'll just like yell out exactly what it's like oh no the spaghetti and it's, and that's, exactly the, that's the final Mom's straw spaghetti. Yep. <laughs> exactly yeah his yeah. <laughs> his penalty for uh, for littering is that what we're yeah, yes. mm-hmm. he was trying <laughs> was to that, feed straight cats was that what jeffrey was going for i don't know <laughs> Um, but but another you know and again another writing thing is that I found really fascinating is the idea of coming you know and it happens later in in, in another movie but the idea of coming around so there's a scene in the in the in the truck where we hear how their connections fall into the first movie mm-hmm. which I was like wow that's really fascinating that you would pick that and and uh, and and give it some 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 uh, some connection and not just have it be just you know just another premonition that somebody got or whatever but that there's connections to that first film and to the the people in that first film which i don't know if you had anything to do with that jeffrey but it's oh yeah no that was as a a fan yeah that that yeah that was that was one of the important things i wanted to do with the second movie is just again not have it just be a retelling of somebody else so um i think you know i i love the movie i do i do that that played out a little more intensely i think and and my original take is now it's just, yeah, it's a conversation in the car. Oh yeah. I had one of those too. We all did, you know? Um, and I'm like, it was like a major moment, like, but it's all right. It's, it's there. Was the, was the multiple premonitions thing. Was that something added later on in the, in the screenplay phase or. Yeah. I think, I think what, one of the things that, that we did in the first one, especially when I was working on the treatment with Craig, you know, at one point he was like, you know, we need something, we need something else besides death coming after these people to, to take it to the next level. And that's when, you know, I went home and panicked and came up with the idea of the seating chart so that there was a pattern that death was following. Um, and so I think they decided for each film, they needed another like level, Device. like we're yeah. saying where Tony Todd will pop up and say, this is how you can beat it. Um, so I feel like each movie almost has like a different kind of wrinkle that he's like oh yeah here's another you know in escaping death plan here's um something here's rule number five you know <laughs> which i think nice. is fun i mean it's nice. you know this kind of franchise it's like i can't take this stuff too seriously it's like it's, it's like all right yeah that's the thing that they use so they can have a have an idea of what's next like good cool. luck i really believe in you <laughs> when so, when when tony okay. todd comes back in here do you like how he how he and ali larder suddenly have like this weird like ri- contentious rivalry between each other like it's oh yeah it's it's as as if she's frequented frequented him in the off times between movies it's like ah oh, yeah this guy he's he's yeah. always giving me bullshit and i have to go yeah along with it. no i, I mean think... I... oh go ahead no, no i was just no, gonna no, say you... i you know yeah i'm just happy that Ta- tony was back <laughs> Um, I, I, think, I, I think I think that moment in that in that moment in the movie, I think that's where maybe you know uh, you know conspiracy theorists about him being death and stuff kind of you know came more to a head because you know here he was sort of contentious about the fact that Ali was was still alive and that she hadn't died yet. So I mean he was kind of playing with that and also knowing the name of the of the new girl without having known her name or whatever, just little yeah. things like that. There, it's the idea of like 
who is this guy? Like, there's way more that he's not saying, you know, yes. who is he? So that is where the conspiracy theorists get. But I would say, you know, for the opening of the sequence as the last thing, um, the obviously, I, I for me, in that first movie, I really like the grounding that Devin Sawa brings to that movie. Um, and yeah. so not being in the, in the second movie, it is a little disappointing, but that opening sequence just rips any disappointment you have mm-hmm. right out from the roots. So it, yeah. it, it um, so yeah, so... That's what I'd say. Yeah, and that was a that was a funny scene too because originally it was going to be the kids going to spring break and they they got in a hotel in a fire in a hotel and Craig is like oh we need to come up with something just Bigger. a little more splashy mm-hmm. and I was second trip home to Kentucky I got behind one of those log trucks driving and I pulled <laughs> over to the next lane and wow. then I pulled off the highway and I called Craig freaking out I'm like what about a truck on a freaking highway and he's like what was well, like slow down I can't hear you I can't understand you so what about a truck on a freeway it's got logs on it and a chain break and he's like that's it <laughs> oh <laughs> so my god a lot of props awesome. for um for fun destination inspiration nice well you know Jeffrey I, I do want to ask you know uh with these two films and the the creative deaths was there ever a death that you wrote that you really wanted them to use but they didn't use that's a good question yeah. mm. um I'm all right at this no, I, I, you know what, because I've repurposed some of the deaths for other stuff. Um, <laughs> like, they were, there was a scene in the first film um, where Pierce Smith's girlfriend, the one that gets hit by the bus, um, you know, he's always kind of picking on her for, like, eating too much, and, and then you, we find out that she was, was bulimic. So the scene that makes him throw himself in front of a subway train is after she dies, she shows up him in the subway station and she's like you know do you know what i did to make myself beautiful for you and she starts a la gates of hell puking up her intestines and it freaks him oh, out wow. in front of a train so i use that death in tamra but we had to do tamra on a really low budget so they couldn't afford to like do intestines coming mm-hmm. out so it's more like her food chunking but um i've definitely just learned like if there's stuff that i want to use in a movie that doesn't get used i can just use it in something else so there you go um, no like no reason to let these ideas simmer i get it yeah absolutely <laughs> i i liked camera back then i saw that in the theater actually I had a- yeah it was fun it's it's probably fun movie mm-hmm. yeah definitely uh, um, before we move up brandon any thoughts on final destination 2 any, any highlights you want to share uh yeah i like i like with jimmy when i first saw this movie like everybody like that i knew i was in i believe i was in college at the time was like oh it's so great and i saw it and i was really i really liked the first one a lot and the tonal shift kind of got me and i didn't understand it then but going back to it i really fond of this movie now but when i first saw it in the theater i was kind of like what's with all the goofy stuff like i I didn't it's like with it's like freddie's revenge but Mm -hmm. not as bad yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. But yeah. That's, why, that's why I hated Freddy's. Re- I mean, that's why I, when I when it came out, I because Nightmare on Elm Street was so scary. And then I saw mm-hmm. the second one. I'm like, this movie's got a, ter- a parakeet blowing up. Um, so I could see how tonally, again, our tone wasn't that big of a shift. Right. We didn't have any parakeets blowing up. Um, but I could see as somebody as a fan I'm going from one movie to the next one how that could be a jarring transition mm-hmm. yeah that's but, interesting i hadn't even well, thought about it. yeah but I, mean, I would say both yeah both uh Fred, both uh, i'm sorry nightmare two and i think finalization two is a, a better film but i think they both have kind of found a cult audience cult well, following for different reasons but it's you know finalization like two, i tend to think people have for a long time thought this was the best one 
I mean, it, oh, it's, I think, yeah, I think it, it, yeah, it, it's sure. certainly, it's it, certainly, it, oh, there's lightning. Oh. It, uh, it's certainly, yeah. it's like thunderstorming out here. Uh, it certainly fits like the kind of like, it's the lethal t- weapon two kind of thing where like lethal weapons, its own thing, lethal weapon two kind of establishes what the tone of the rest of the free series is going to be. That's how final right. Station two mm-hmm. feels like. It feels like it's, that's For the, sure. that's the, Good that's analogy. the, that's yeah. the main template. Fuck me. That's a lot of light thunder. <laughs> Like that I'm wearing, a, I'm wearing headphones and I can't yeah, hear yeah, much outside right of me. So someone, like, someone's, right. someone's agreeing, someone's agreeing with you. Apparently, <laughs> um, lost my train of thought there. So let's just get to what are your favorite kills for uh, for part two? I'm the airbag. I like that one. Like the airbag one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I like um, log airbag. I like the um, the kid getting. Smashed. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. That was up there with me too. But the glass. They did. Did you all say you? I'm sure you saw like 13 Ghosts. Um, in my original version, like the, a window blew out at the hospital and it kind of came down straight and like cleaved the character in two and they peeled apart. Um, but I like smushing. <laughs> I like how they smushed him. Um, <laughs> it's a good smush. Yeah, it's such a good smush. <laughs> Very good smush. But de- oh, definitely the uh, the the for for you know maximum humor and cheesiness the uh, the grill at the end the, the grill oh, yeah. explosion oh yeah with with yeah. with 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 with, with, uh, with ha- you know uh, severed ham accoutrement so. yeah <laughs> I like that uh, that elevator death quite a bit I think that one's pretty solid that was really sad it is sad yeah, yeah. but it's still but it's still well staged <laughs> I mean there's a guy who has a whole basket of hooks that's that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, that's two. Let's move on. Let's get to Final Destination three. Jeffrey, you want to you want to do plan stick around with us here? Of course, great. Kind of like death. Was, hey. was there was there was there any? Did, did you have anything to do with any talk? Any any ideas floating around? Anything when they when they decided to do three? Uh, no, because they went back to James Wong and Glenn Morgan on that one, so it was kind of like, um, yeah, they didn't include me. Fair enough. So, but, it, you know, I've been kind of, I've been connected with, you know, <laughs> I've, I've stayed connected through, you know, the new line and through Craig on a lot of the stuff. So I've known a lot of, you know, he, Craig bounces ideas off of me and stuff like that. And we talk about it, but it's, yeah, it's a franchise where I feel at least creatively, like I would love to come back to it, but I would want to kind of have death, have a new design where mm-hmm. there's a new way that death gets people. But I also know the nature of the business is like, if something's not broke, don't fix it. So I yeah. understand the entertainment value of the Rube Goldberg's kind of films. So I've, I've been, but I've been very happy, honestly, for the most part with how, I mean, they've only had five of them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So there's part of me that's like, what the hell? If this was Friday the 13th, there'd be like 20 of them in a remake and a reboot already. <laughs> well, they had like a good <laughs> pattern of like every, it was like every three years for like a decade for about, except there's yeah. two between four and five, but um, it was like and every five, three years. It was kind of a nice. And, and four and five on the benefit of being the most profitable of them. Of course, they're also more expensive by default because they're 3D and they're, the scales, mm-hmm. the, the scales bigger right. to whatever extent. Uh, well, we are at part three, and this is uh, came out 2006 of February, 117 million worldwide. Director James Wong returns. Huh. He and Glenn Morgan write the film. The inciting incident this time is a roller coaster crash. I don't go on roller coasters, guys, but um, <laughs> not because I think because they're going to crash. Movie or no? <laughs> oh, no, I just, I, I, don't, I don't like how I feel on roller coasters, but, yeah, regardless. Um, These people didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> the film features Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Ryan Merriman, Amanda Cruz, Sam Easton, Crystal Lowe, among others. Um, 
and let's see tony todd's track record this time around a voice two voices and i will will say that you know i had interviewed tony todd uh for a movie and we talked a little bit about and this is what he told me so that that they had not included him in the original movie and so they played the original movie for a test audience and that everybody was like where's tony todd like how come he's not in this movie and so he said he got paid more to come in and do that voiceover than he did in the other two films wow yeah so which i found fascinating i was like you know that's some we made a mistake money right that's what he said so you know (laughs) so there we go yeah don't don't mess with the fans yeah Exactly. Don't mess with Tony Todd. <laughs> nope. Well, this time around, after you know, maybe or maybe not being deaf, he is like the actual voice of the devil in the amusement park ride. So yeah. it's like at least they, they knew what they wanted him for. Um, well, since this time around, uh, Jeffrey's not specifically involved in the film as a you know uh, in the same way he has in the in the previous two films. Let's just talk about our general thoughts on the third chapter. Um, uh, Brandon, let's start with you. What, what do you right. think of Final Destination 3? Funny, because I'm probably the one who's seen this movie the most. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I, I had to, I had to work, I worked on the subtitles for this movie. Um, oh, so I saw it for quite a while um, before it came out. I also worked on the DVD for the movie. So I know this thing up and down and all around. I worked on it for months and months and months. The New Line um, Platinum series, the release? New Line Platinum series, including wow. the Choose Your Own Adventure version of right. the movie, yeah, which right, is right. actually <laughs> really fun. Like you can save a character; he appears in later scenes. You wow. change people's death; like some people die differently, some people die quicker. Like it's it's really it worked. Uh, it, oh, it's really right. amazing. It did that. If you thought the Infinifilm release of Part Two was good, man, this yeah. New Line Platinum. <laughs> I know my releases for these movies, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, I know a lot of people are like down on this one, but I thought it was fine, fun. And it's like, you get to that point where you just take decent ones as, as entries. I really liked, I really liked Mary Elizabeth Winstead, this movie. Um, when it first came, like she's got some, something, her and Amanda crew, I thought really had some charm. This was during that period where they were trying to tell us Ryan Merriman was going to be something. So he was showing up in a lot of things, especially horror. Uh, but I, I thought this was really fun. The people, uh, who made this movie, like, the cast of looked like this was like one of the most fun sets to be on just getting their vibe from all the interviews and stuff on there. Um, they had a fun time. It feels really kind of small scale compared to what the previous two had brought uh, in terms of like gravitas and things like that. Uh, the roller coaster feels like it could have been so much better. Like there's there. I don't know. Maybe they didn't have the money or resources or just the footage they were doing. Wasn't working out with deaths on it, but it, it's kind of eh. With the 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 premonition scene, uh, felt like it could have been more brutal. But um, all in all, it's just kind of like that fine other entry in there. Like, yeah, I'm watching it. It's a Final Destination. Okay, well, we watched it. That was fine. But yeah, I have a lot of decent fun with this cast and stuff. But um, it's compared to the first two, it is it's a noticeable step down. But I I think it's fine, basically. But it's got some creative fun kills and it's taking it brings back some of the the seriousness of the first one with the humor of the second one it feels like they recognize what people did like about the second one while trying to steer it back to somewhere uh the first one was jason how about you yeah uh, for me you know i i um 
maybe it's just again my I have the same sort of thing about roller coasters that you do, Aaron. I don't like roller coasters at all. So when I when I saw it, I I, I actually really liked that sequence. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was telling Jimmy, I felt like that sequence brought me on a really good high, and then the rest of the movie was kind of like 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 kind of fell flat, fell a little bit flat for me. Um, didn't really live up to how gigantic that sequence was. Um, some of the kills were yeah. fine, you know, the tanning bed was the tanning bed, and then there was also the um, uh, oh, the 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 weight room, the weight room. Yeah, it was fine. I I I I felt like like we were. It, it felt a little bit cash grabby to me um, by not connecting it to the other movies, making it kind of a standalone. Like we're just going to give anyone a premonition. Um, again, I, I like the idea of anybody being able to see. Uh, death's design or see clues of death's design but just giving anyone a premonition i think this is i think this is next movie where we started to go okay now we're going to have multiple premonitions and i was like oh i kind of like that first movie i like that he had this one premonition was very curious where he got it from but i liked that and so this one felt very mm, angsty and just and and just trying to be i don't know it, it wasn't wasn't didn't live up to the to the to the initial um the initial premonition kill and uh and and felt very cash grabby to me but. well it weaves it into history you know you have right. this is the film that's like 9 <laughs> 11 yeah. which fun. who knows final have, destination adding some stuff to this one for sure for what, sure would you think if <laughs> if your movie if your movie comes out like a year later does it get delayed because of Nine Eleven, or like what happens if final destination mm. is any later than the year 2000 the first one with the plane. Um, I think it would have still been okay because like, it wasn't like a terrorist attack. They might they might have delayed it, but I right. don't I don't think they would have. I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's I crazy could, yeah, think, it, crazy to think yeah. about because it's like it, one year away from ah, we yeah. shouldn't show planes blowing I mean, up. But that goes, if it was coming out in like October two thousand one, I could see them pushing well, it a I'm, few months back. But I don't. But I don't think it would be just canceled altogether. Not, I don't think canceled altogether. But how does that change? Does the movie like just people don't want to go like see it because of a plane? Like it's really weird, interesting. Yeah. Well, I think time, that but, a little bit goes into what I mentioned about the John Denver song, where I think there's some things that are a little tacky um, mm-hmm. to put in movies. yeah so I, I that's another thing where i you know i feel like some of the some of the instincts that i didn't necessarily think were super great for the first film kind of came back full you know full throttle for the third one because it's like oh you know because i'm just grateful the movie kind of carried on and you know i'm glad mm-hmm. that everybody worked on every one yeah. that did but yeah the idea that we're going to ignore the second movie like it you know just ignore like that was done obviously intentionally that was yeah, that was not yeah. A mistake that was like an intentional thing and it's like well we're just gonna pretend two didn't happen and then go back to making a movie with jokes right. like we wanted to the first that's, time right yeah um that's why it felt cash yeah grand. absolutely yeah i I, uh, I don't disagree with you guys because i don't like this movie um, i think it's it's i think it's a bad film and we'll talk about it but i think it's the worst of the series um i don't i i, I it's not about having fun with these here but i just i didn't Compared to those other two casts, it just like they didn't do much for me. Like just this this set of people, I think I do prefer them as like adults uh, compared to like teenagers. Like there's just something there that ultimately works for me. Final Destination, it, it, that one, the first one works because I think it's it's ground. Like Jason, you said it's grounded in a sense of reality. So I don't mind the fact of whatever age they are. But this one, going back to that kind of well, and then doing it poorly and with characters I just don't connect to nearly as well. And you know 
in the realm of a horror movie. I'm not trying to deeply connect to each one of them, but it is what it is. And this, this cast just doesn't do much for me. But I also was disappointed in the deaths. I think there's some highlights, like you mentioned, but I, I even the roller coaster one, like Brandon, you said, I just don't think it really was handled all that well. I think there is so much opportunity to do more with that and it just doesn't quite find the right way, which is surprising because you have, you know, you got James Wong doing this again. Like, you know, then there's other stuff in here that I do think works well. So it's the fact that the, you know, the exciting incident it just it was frustrating we're like i feel like there should be more happening in this roller coaster opening it's a roller coaster there's a lot of possibilities for how to do something with that yeah. it doesn't feel like it takes yeah. full advantage of yeah. it uh jimmy how about you where are you with the third film i i'm i'm kind of with brandon i think it's fine it's uh i i thought the uh i thought it felt more like a clever marketing movie to continue the franchise especially with that dvd release i remember that that was fun um, I, I like Mary Elizabeth Winsett. I thought she was a good lead, and I thought there was moments. It, it's not a terrible film. It's not a. It, it just it kind of lacked the quality of the first two, and it just didn't feel as. Uh, it, it's not. I mean, I was honestly forgetting about most of it when I watched it. You know, I was like, oh, oh yeah, that happened, and that. Oh yeah, okay, that's where that's come from. But I, you know, I've seen a lot of those kills done. I, hell, I think the uh, some of the gym stuff was better in death spa and that's not really a compliment um you know but I, I i didn't hate the film i thought it was fun i i had moments it was fine it was fine yeah i'll emphasize the fact that i think it's a bad movie doesn't mean it's not entertaining to whatever degree that counts like yeah, it's like exactly. it, you know it's not a waste of my time it's like yeah, all right it's just i mean the scale of it than. the scale of it kind of feels like it's tipping into straight to video territory almost like nothing's like huge or yeah. feels like something out of a giant theatrical movie like it feels like it's taking things down fair enough i would agree completely with that so jeffrey here's your chance dig in on the, th- on the third final <laughs> jeffrey reddick destroys you- final oh, destination no, i want to i want to know never 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 no because i think i think considering like most franchises i think i think this one's a pretty solid one throughout like there's they're not all like great um they're just not, you know, I mean, for me, like, I think my biggest issue with the third one, and again, it's probably because I'm, you know, you know, I've always been very mindful of how, like, I portray women in my, in my movies. And, you know, there was an issue on the first film where there was some, some homophobic stuff in the script that I pushed back on being in the script and it kind of caused, ended up causing, because there was some miscommunication behind the scenes, um, ended up causing like some miscommunication between me and james and glenn um to the point like there's a there there was a there's a whole scene that they cut that it was me being a security guard at the checkpoint and normally you'd see like all the deleted scenes on the dvds but that was like the only deleted scene that's never been shown um so i i say that without any any more like i certainly was angry and bitter when i was younger (laughs) but i've kind of let it go but for me like the third one like as as cool as the tanning bed scene is for me it's like you know we get these girls standing around dancing and bopping up and down and then like slowly burn them to death like i that, stuff like that and you know like when the guy's like please tell me that no, i'm not gonna die with something going up my my ass or my you know it's like that's just that's yeah. just them being like hey we're gonna do stuff in this one that jeffrey didn't like in the first one <laughs> you know um in my opinion you know maybe i'm giving myself way too much credit but so there were a couple of like kind of things that i just thought weren't as tasteful but i do I agree. It, it goes to an exploitative route in ways that feel common to 
certain kinds of horror sequels, but it's like, why would Final Destination right. need something right. like that's this? Right, that's really, like the first, the first yeah. two didn't like have any of that yeah. stuff and were great films. So it's, yeah. uh, you, you have a valid, uh, you know, a valid point to go, hey, you know, we did it without that yeah. stuff. We did, we made a great movie. Well, and it, it opens the door yeah. for it because the fourth one kind of, now is okay to use that stuff because yeah. that'll but you know it's still yeah. it's still a fun movie and i like you know like the nail i love mary elizabeth winston you know and i you know i think the nail gun scenes there there's some cool stuff in there uh for sure yeah but yeah it just didn't lie it lacked the i think the it went back to that somberness but tried to be funny at the same time but their sense of humor is also very dark um mm-hmm. and again i think it's a fine movie but and I know it's some people's favorites, but I think a lot of that has to do with when what age you were when the movies came out, you know. So I think if you saw it in the theaters, yes, maybe I can see that. Um, yeah, I I do think it has not necessarily a giant emphasis, but there are a lot of practical effects in this one where I do think it gets a little it, it gets a little CG at times yeah. in the second one where this one tries to bring back. It's it seems like it's yeah. Just remember watching all these in a week, a little blends together a little bit. But I mean, I do think it. I do recall there being like like the nail gun scenery, for instance, or like the weight scene. Like it does feel like there's an attempt to do more with being more a little more practical. Yeah, mm-hmm. like trying to bring that aspect in more, which I and that's always know, appreciated in a in a horror film for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's funny too where these movies, like we talked about the Omen series last week, and that would be probably the franchise that this franchise this this one would resemble most of an older one because of the way that Rube Goldberg death styles and stuff. Yeah. And then this one, funny enough, brings in the photography which mm-hmm. is a point in the omen of showing premonitions of people's deaths, which is kind of really, which is oddly that um, like, I know it was none of your inspiration. I don't think you'd mentioned like any, your inspiration being the omen, which is this kind of starts walking into similar territory. Yeah. No, I hadn't really, you, it's funny. I hadn't really thought about the, oh, because originally, like I said, mine was more nightmare and Elm Street influenced, mm-hmm. but Rube Goldberg, I yeah. guess would bring stuff into the omen territory, but the photography stuff, you know, that was kind of in lieu of Tony Todd coming in with a new rule. Like, it's like, oh, we're just going to, that'll be our kind of extra layer to this film is like the pictures have the way you're going to die in them. Brand, you mentioned Omen twice and it lightninged both times that you said it. It was, it's, uh, it's something. <laughs> uh, this one notably has a somewhat ambiguous ending where it kind of just leaves the characters on a subway and maybe they get destroyed by it or maybe they don't, which I thought was a, it's a nice touch as far as me trying to find things that I could say that are complimentary about. The oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's got the song that you, this, this one has a song that's a little more prominent than the one in the second one where mm-hmm. the, they have the creepy guy playing it on the subway at the end, mm-hmm. which is pretty neat. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what are your, uh, what are you guys' favorite deaths for the third one? I, I like the, the, the nail gun and Ian McKinley at the, at the fairgrounds or whatever. Which he's an interesting he's character an interesting, yeah. to have to have in this one, like the the weirdo goth kid that's kind of into it, and then he's like, "Wait, I caused your death," and he's like, "Out for revenge." Like that's kind of something that we'll build upon, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, I see later. But there's kind of an idea inter- introduced in this one with that that guy. What finally gets him? Mm-hmm. He's at the fairgrounds at like smushed. fireworks. He gets yeah, he sm- gets that's smashed. right. He gets me. Yeah, yeah, the thing gets. Another no, smash. Fire- fireworks miss him, and he's like, "Oh my god, they missed me!" And then, yeah, he gets smashed by the amusement park thing. Or yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. Fun. That's that's a fun thing. I like the the um, the drive through death. That one's fun. That's, uh... Which that's the guy you save in the choose oh, your own yeah. adventure. 
Oh, good. Oh, really? <laughs> you save him. So was, there, was, there, was there actual footage beyond that? Of yeah, yep. Yeah. There's a whole wow. other storyline of him that goes wow. throughout the movie, wow. and he changes. Jeez. Because he's alive, he changes something else in the movie, too. Um, but, yeah. Wow. wow. Very cool. I think I most watched this movie with the shortest version possible on that DVD. I think it's like five minutes. Well, like I, they, just, they just don't get off the roller coaster. Oh, no, there, there's the one part. Well, well you, you change something in it. Uh, the guy in the weight room, they just walk in and it sma- he's like, hey, and it smashes him. Like they don't even have a conversation with him or anything. Like that, that's, pretty that's funny. how it happens in the in one of the Choose Your Own Adventures. I think you change something with the – the uh, tanning bed disc too. I think one dies before the other or something like that. It's a little bit different, but yeah, only, only, like... only one burns, I believe in the other. Yeah. 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 It almost felt like, yeah, the tanning bed thing could have been done, but just like to not get a, you know, not you do the exploitation part, but just really focus on being vulnerable inside a tanning bed. You it, know it's I mean? sort of confused on whether it wants to be sexy or funny. Yeah. Like that's yeah, kind of, yeah. and it leans in the exploitation factor a bit, a yeah. bit much. All right, so now we move on to the final destination, the fourth film in the franchise, the. which took the curious article <laughs> approach. Jeffrey's fav- favorite title, I heard. That's just what I heard. The I it's funny. They couldn't do Final Destination 3D because it was the fourth one. They're like, we're so going to end it here with the. No, I will, we got a fifth one. I will, from my understanding, they did want to do three in 3D, but they just couldn't make it work at that yeah. point for whatever reason. But this mm. fourth one there, and the fourth and fifth one, they're like, you guys, we got it. We, we cracked the code on making Final Destination in 3D. And so here we are. Final, the Final Destination in 3D comes out in 2009 in August. Now it's a summer It's a summer horror franchise now. No longer the fall or the winter. Now we have, it's time for, time for uh, your, your, summer, your summer disasters. And this film grosses $186 million worldwide, the highest grossing film in the franchise, because 3D guys. Uh, you Took have down Michael Myers. They opened did. the same weekend. Yep. Uh, director um, David R. Ellis returns. And this time you have writer Eric Bress. The incident this time around is a NASCAR crash. <laughs> uh, you have stars Bobby Campo, Chantel Vantatin, Holly Webb, Michael T. Williamson, and more. Uh, <laughs> Tony Todd count this time around? None. No None. Tony Todd in this movie. No. <laughs> no Tony Todd, no good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I'll start this one just because I feel like I'll be the most positive. That's not me saying this is a good movie, but I just I I hadn't seen this movie until last week. Uh, I had oh, never wow. I had never seen this one. I just never because I heard really? ter- I heard terrible things. So I was like, well, I didn't like the third one. Why should I go see the fourth one? <laughs> um, so uh, I finally watched the last week of the first time. It you know it's like a for me it's just like a smidge better than the third one. I think it's because it's like eighty minutes and it's just cut down to the bone to what this thing is. It doesn't really care about trying to do anything more than just be having excuses for the elaborate death traps and. I don't know. That just kind of worked for me. <laughs> like it's just, it's like, all right, if if that's what we're doing here, sure. Like, give me the deaths, and there we go, and I move on with my life. That's kind of where I'm at. So, it, like, I don't have any, I don't have much depth to that beyond I like this a little bit more just because it wastes less of my time. <laughs> Basically, it's going to work. But uh, Jimmy, how about you? Where are you with the fourth film? I, I'm, I, you know, what's funny, I. I'm trying to think. I'm I'm getting confused, but that's you no, know, no, that's the one with Justin Welburn. Um, and I really uh, I I liked him because I like him as an actor. I think he's and he played just a trashy character. It was fun seeing him. Um, it's fine. 
it's it's another one those those two movies three and four are just they're really kind of they were they kind of blend together for me they're just kind of i can see that i even <laughs> even and, and i do kind of appreciate the kind of white trash like let's go nascar <laughs> i thought that was fun um i, I like the idea of it but i yeah it's it's one of those movies that those two are just they're kind of neck and neck in the in the eh, not really rememberable to me honestly not bad just you know they're like the uh halloween resurrection of the of the series you know just the lesser of the uh well i mean resurrection though that maybe I mean, not yeah that. you said like yeah. the halloween five like that's what i mean but the resurrection's like a war crime okay, halloween. <laughs> halloween five. that wasn't a compliment on him jim like, <laughs> i don't i don't i can't casually put on resurrection be like i guess this is okay like i want to be pissed today let me <laughs> throw that on i, I actually can like, i i i want terrible but i love it all right Your well, love bust- for tyra it knows no bounds <laughs> Buster Rhymes has spoken. Exactly. Jason, what do you think of the fourth film? <laughs> yeah, that's that's an understatement. Um, yeah, you, you know, some of the a big huge problem that I had with the movie was that it, it really it started for me, at least from my perspective, to start to mess with some of the rules of Final Destination, and that was first of all a multiple. Um, uh, premonitions which is like okay so who's giving him these premonitions and obviously he's, somebody's giving him premonitions to stop this stuff sandra so bullock from the movie premonition yeah <laughs> <laughs> so if you're gonna do that i mean you have to t- say who's giving him these premonitions i mean premonitions every five seconds also it almost seems like death is so angry that they're escaping this stuff that it's killing which hadn't really happened a lot in the past it's killing errant people just in the way so like in the in the in the the mall you know both both in the theater and on the escalator and stuff again it was Mm -hmm. premonition but it's killing people that are just errantly just there and i was like wow like that's really pissed that these people have like cheated him and stuff so i i it's it's kind of messing with the lore a little bit now and 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 i was i was a little confused Um, see in my version death is like in a control room and there's water on the ground so he's slipping around pressing (laughs) the wrong buttons like oh no i killed this person i killed that person my versions are very silly guys (laughs) (laughs) not to mention that the 3d definitely made it feel like a cheese cash grab like an even worse cash grab because it's like the deaths some of the deaths aren't even creative they're just put there to stick something in your face so it's amazing uh, because the um, fifth one doesn't it the fifth one's so good about probably because you have the guy who works with james cameron doing the 3d so it's like yeah that makes sense but the fifth one like it feels more natural at least than what we're doing in the the fourth one Like this definitely felt like they were like, oh, we could have to do 3D. Because I remember Jimmy and I, when, when we saw My Bloody Valentine in 3D, we were like, wow, that's a great film. And it really got enhanced by the 3D effects. This felt like we had yeah. 3D, so let's just exploit it. Come to think of it, I, I think part of my reason not seeing this movie in theaters was because I was so annoyed that the Final Destination, that Final Destination 3 wasn't in 3D, given that, as you've mentioned already, it's just right there in the title. And they're like, you did it for the fourth one? You don't even have a. It's like that's that's odd. That's that's the pettiness that I'd have for not choosing to see a movie. Probably also because Halloween was coming out. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll do this. Like that makes more sense to me. But uh, Brandon, uh-huh. where are you at with uh, V Final Destination? For for years, I've called this barely a movie. Um, uh-huh. And it's, I mean, it's really like you said, cut dry down to the like 80 minutes. You can't catch your breath before the next kill, 
And that, I mean, that's good for some people. You get your kills, 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 but I'm getting yeah, nothing yeah. else, nothing from the characters and just nothing story. Like, I don't even know. Are At one point you're like, wait, are these high school? Are they college? Are they living at home with their, I don't know. I granted those are irrelevant details to this, but you just kind of don't know who these people are at all. You just know that they were there at the beginning. And I guess we're following these people. Um, and the funny thing is, this time watching, man, this CG is really bad. It, uh, it's not great. Not yeah. holding up at <laughs> all. Which, And I think Final Destination has to be given some credit as a series for pioneering bringing CG to a slasher-type horror fair. Because I don't think before that it was being heavily heavily used before. And they did it in such a good way. Um, and here it's just maybe the, maybe the lighting's off because it's set for 3D viewings. And I'm watching it in 2D and it just doesn't translate as well. But... It was, I don't know, pretty bad. I I care zero for any of these characters. I do like, oh, what's his name? Um, he's on twenty four and stuff. Uh, but his, oh, uh, yeah, his his thing with the trying to kill himself being okay. Like that's Michael a, Michael T. Williams, right? Because yeah. he was, yeah. That's but, an interesting angle this one has, but right. They, but even that, even that ends badly because it's like he, yeah. you got this really, you got this complex character who goes, he's he's kind of you know come to terms with it. Yeah. He's like that's it. And then when he finds out he's not the next one, he goes, oh, let's get some cider and cookies. And you're like, yeah. what? This is the guy who wanted to kill himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Jeffrey, right. what do you? What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, do you have a fonder, you know, feeling? Well, well, again, it's different when you're behind the scenes and kind of seeing the sausage get made. Um, Sure. So for this one, I know they had to rush the film into production before the writer's strike. So, um, you know, in defense of yeah. the script, like they didn't have the time to like develop the script as long as much as they would have because it had to be written and in production, you know, so it wasn't affected by the strike. Yeah. Um, and I think the 3D kind of angle came in at the last minute as well. So I feel like all that was kind of working against the movie, you know, as far as like getting it yeah. to the, you know, a point that normally it would get to. And then they, in my opinion, made the mistake of calling it the final destination, which as any horror fan knows when you're having the anything, it's like the final chapter, you're expecting Tony Todd to show up and figure out, you know, you're, you're going in expecting answers. So this movie had the biggest box office of any of them, because I think people thought it was going to answer questions. And when it didn't, I think that really disappointed a lot of people. I think if they just called it final destination Four, the expectations for it wouldn't have been as high. Um, yeah. And I think it, it, people would have enjoyed it a lot more. And I think they definitely course corrected with part five because part five feels like it was made for the fans of the film. But because and of... It, yeah, it, it gives it a sense of finality, even though there's nothing that really suggests that it's the, you know, like the end. But it's like, ah, if, you, if we never stop, if we never go on from here, here you go. Here's another wrap right. for you. Right. And also they brought Tony Todd back in a big way. Like they did everything the fans wanted with part five. And I think people felt so burned by part four. And I think, again, part of that was calling it the final destination and getting everybody's expectations up like this was gonna answer all these questions i think that that's why people feel maybe more let down by it than they they do the other films i mean i'm not i'm, I'm just explaining why it probably you're feels... being as diplomatic as possible in every well, but, but i mean but it's, also, yeah. it's the reality of like why you know the script didn't get developed eric would have liked like you know i think they took like his first mm -hmm. quick draft and you know shot it <laughs> so um, which, is, yeah, I, which i get but but i mean it is just it's bad it's like i mean i feel like audiences recognize that it was just not it wasn't up to par for them even for the kind of crowd that would go out for this movie right. 
it has a C minus cinema score compared to the others that all have like B pluses and B minus. It's right. like clearly there was something there that just wasn't working for it. I wonder if it's like the end of this movie just straight up kills off all of them. Like after they survived everything, yeah. we're like the third one's ambiguous. The second one has survivors and the first one's like the novelty is there. So to begin with, so it's not like an expectation thing. This one's just like, remember all that time you spent with these people? They're dead now yeah. immediately. Like, and I, you know, walking out of the theater, that's probably not the best feeling that yeah. after you spend that kind of time. Turns like, out the people. final destination was an escalator at a mall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that more than just those I, people who escaped death died on. <laughs> you know, I agree with Jeffrey on this. I think it was a, I think the title had it been just Final Destination 4, I think people would have had more of a reaction to say, say how they did with 3. They still enjoyed it, you know, enough. I, I, there's a weird kind of uh, film, fa- horror fans uh, have a weird kind of way of when it's spoiled too much in a, a trailer or when it, a title doesn't necessarily fit right, it carries over into their enjoyment of the movie. Had they just called it part four, people would have been fine with it. You know, I, I, I honestly do believe that. I do think the NASCAR, now again, I hadn't seen this movie until last week. I didn't even know that NASCAR was the thing, or if I did, I forgot because yeah. I just, you know, why am I spending my time thinking about all these movies? Um, it's, but it's the, the NASCAR thing is like, okay, that's a neat idea. And yeah, it, it tries to, God, what's this lightning? <laughs> it's, it's so much of mm-hmm. um, it. It, play, it tries to, it certainly tries to be like the con- it, it goes for the comedy pretty hard in this one right even down to like sound mm, effects yeah like you have engines hitting people and it's like a ding, like it just it's like it's really it's go you know it's almost like a looney tunes cartoon at some points as far as how people get killed tampons in the kids ears yeah yeah, uh, yeah. but that's like quirk like that's stuff where i'm like okay i can appreciate that that's that's character specific even though it's ridiculous <laughs> it's like, but Could I, you imagine I, if rob zombie directed this movie i, I would like to see that I want to see Rob Zombie do Final Destination Part Four. So Bill Bos- Bill Bosley's the racist character that gets hit by the <laughs> <tow> truck. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I will, but that's what I'm leading to. As there wouldn't be the- just a racist character if Rob <laughs> Zombie did it. Come on, you get it's- Courtney Gaines in there. You know, Bill Mo. They'd be a group of them. As far as far as what like I think put like, put me that slight over the edge for this one is the fact that it has like a a very overtly racist character early on, and I'm like. Well, that's that's a choice. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to kill him first. Obviously, it's like they're winking at the camera telling you this guy's going to die horribly. And he does. He like it's, <laughs> it's it will get we can get to the best kills because that's easily the best one for me. Not just because they kill the racist mm-hmm. character, because why not? It's like so dragged out, literally he's getting dragged on the street. And he actually like suffers from it where and I'm not necessarily saying yeah. people should suffer. But in the instance of this movie featuring this character that's going out of his way to be racist, when Michael T. Wilson, when Michael D. Williams is just like, hey, I have no problem with you. Uh, you know, most of the other characters in the series, it's pretty instant, right? People get their heads crushed or whatnot. This guy gets burned alive, dragged down the street, all kinds of injuries. <laughs> it's like those tanning bed ladies got stabbed with glass and burned in a tanning bed. Eh, it was still those, shorter. They overall. can feel his pain. <laughs> and here's how here, you know, J- Justin Welborn, who I love as an actor. I mean, his character's mm-hmm. name is racist mm-hmm. and the other guy's mechanic. Mechanic's <laughs> girlfriend, racist wife, cowboy. So yeah, it's wow. like that's their credit. racist wife, Craven. <laughs> so yeah, that was a rush. I agree with you, Justin. That yeah. was a rush Je- job. Justin Wilbert is great. Justin, he's a great. Yeah, yeah he's a terrific. Oh, he's actor. doing the job. <laughs> I'm nothing against him. Obviously, he's doing the he's doing the work <laughs> required. 
But how about you guys? Any other favorite deaths from a V? I do Final like. Resolution? I do like. I do like. Even though it seems completely uh, improbable, the pool, the pool vacuum thing, I I do like that. Yeah, well, it, it, no, it that hurts. happens all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I have set up. They do have the giant fake out. Never pulled my intestines. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I haven't. <laughs> they do have that giant fake out the car wash too. Oh like, yeah. That's like an elaborately set up thing to save somebody. See, that's that's what I that's one of the things I like where it's like there's so much effort put into that, and that's a clever set piece, a car wash. That's yeah. that's really fun. <laughs> where they could have put effort into naming people too, but <laughs> you know. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I can't offhand. I can't, we've been talking about all four all these movies. I can't tell you the names of any of the characters beyond just guessing. Racist and mechanic, <laughs> right? Um, any others? Any other? Uh... I would say. I would say. By the way, that that's it. That is a great tribute to um, to great writing and great. And, and, no, no, no. The, the, <laughs> what you said about what you said about naming characters. When you can name a character, it means the character has been so memorable that you remember the name of the character. And I, I know, I, I know, do, clear. Yeah, yeah, I clear. Yeah, clear. I know Alex. Yeah, it's it's so it's it, you know that that's a that I would say that's a tribute to you, Jeffrey. Some great uh, some great writing that uh, that when we appreciate and we see remember the characters, we remember the script. Thank you. Well, we can move on to Final Destination Five, the final entry in this uh franchise for the time being for now for now for now i know there's been rumblings of six for a while and i I look forward to seeing whatever is coming mainly because i want to know what the exciting incident is but this time around this movie came out in august once again 2011 uh 157 worldwide a bit of a drop from the previous one but still you know hefty chunk of change uh this time we have director stephen quayle uh writer eric eric heiser heiser what did he do? He did something that name sounds oh, very familiar to me. Contact, you know, a little movie called Contact. With yeah, he did Adams. Mm-hmm. You know, Arrival. 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 I mean, Contact. Look at me trying to be a smartass. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even say the movie right. He did Arrival. Mm-hmm. Did, he, did he do the? Yeah. He did no, one of the remakes. One of those remakes. No, he did the. He's done a lot of great stuff. He's, he's in, done a lot of things. Okay. Yeah, he is good. I thought the name's out, but that's what I was going. All right, uh, this one with this time around, we have a bridge collapse. Is the inciting incident this time? Uh, and we have stars Nicholas Diagosto, Emma, Emma Bell, PJ Byrne, Miles Fisher, David Koechner, among others. And uh, Tony Todd count this time around. He's in it. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Mm-hmm. A even, lot. The tri- even, even the death tribute He's pictured. ends yeah. with Tony Todd. Yeah. Now, come on. You, you, Jeffrey, you have, you, there's no ambiguity to that. We know who he is. So we're at the we're at the fifth film, Jeffrey. Let's start with you this time. What what are you what are your thoughts on Final Destination Five? Um, I love it. I, I think it's um you know it's one of the best ones actually. I always tell people like to watch one, two, and five if they want like the perfect trilogy. But I I do feel like after because they did have to rush four out, um, that they did take their time with the fifth one and really did a really good job with the story. Um, I thought the characters were really, you know, much more well drawn. The opening was exciting. Um, Tony Todd was in it a lot. And I thought the ending mm-hmm. was, um, you know, I knew it was funny because they had thought about Craig Perry. I'm pretty sure came up with that idea for the ending of five and they were going to do it for part four. And I'm just really glad they saved it for part five. So um, yeah, yeah, I think worthy five, of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think five is, is a really strong. I completely agree. And I, I walked into the, I went, I saw, I was at Universal Studios that day. And I was coming out of it with a friend and we were like, what, like the theater was there. It was still kind of early. I was like, do you want, do you want to like see a movie right now? I was like, well, yeah, we did. So we went to South Five. I, I heard some good buzz about it. 
and I was so shocked at like how into it I was because I'm like, <laughs> it's like, is the fifth mm-hmm. one gonna be any like gonna be worthwhile? And it's like this this movie rocked. I was so into like every single like stage of the kills they had this time around. The characters were working for me as far as just giving us what we need out of them. The um the use of the 3D I thought was just really ingenious at that point because I'd been you know it's 2011 so we've been seeing this influx of 3D films and it's like here's one that seems to know what it's doing like this seems to like have the right idea of like you know going for it for a movie like this which it makes sense given the scenarios but they even then it still looked good which is you know a nice change of pace for Mm -hmm. movies that were just converted because you can it's like okay this is stuff in mind and I really appreciate that and it has like I mean we'll get to some of the deaths in here but it has some really like oh elaborate elaborate ideas uh, one specifically involving a gymnasium that I think is just (laughs) utterly fantastic Uh, the amount of the amount of that's messed up the amount of waiting you have to do to see all the stages that it gets to to get to like the final result is just so much fun so yeah I'm a I'm a big fan of five like it's 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 a lot of fun and I I was really happy to revisit it finally uh, the other day uh, Brandon, how about you? Where are you with five? Well, when they signed on horror veteran David Keckner, I was pretty <laughs> pumped for. Oh man, no, he's great. Uh, no, I I went. This is an ultimate bounce back because I was so dirt low on the series after four. I was like, well, I'm gonna yeah. see this because I just I like going to see the films, and I never imagined that this would be like top top shelf um, yeah. genre horror like for the franchise. Like it was so intriguing it played uh it it plays a joke on you really well like you're really seriously into this movie it's got some nice little humorous touches the laser eye kill with the end of that where it doesn't Mm. end with a laser and then it has a car drive over the eye not only does the eyeball pop out the car (laughs) runs over it at the end i love that and then right at the when you get to the the ending the turn of this it's like one big joke almost it's like oh but you're kind of like ah i got okay fine with this that was pretty funny um to tie it to tie it all back in and uh it feels like like if this is it it's a good closure i I really like it and they even have the great montage in the credits to kind of do a curtain call if it wants to be so if they want to restart it fresh you could do that you could continue off this one but if Mm -hmm. this if they were to say you know what we're never making one again this isn't a bad this is a i can't think of a better place to end it like it's yeah my 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 self-esteem and my my bank account beg to differ Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Most of my self-esteem. Um, um, no, but I understand what. I'm, yeah, it is. It is. I want really, more of them personally. I it's like a really them, strong. Yeah. It's a really strong movie, and I think the gymnast scene is probably my favorite of all the. Just because that was the only time when I've because I've gone to like preview screenings of all the movies. Mm-hmm. This was the first time I actually I was in the theater and I literally went ah. Like (laughs) jumped up because of the last shot of her. Like because I you just that just blew my mind that they did that. I'm like they broke her. Like (laughs) like, I think my favorite. I think that's my favorite kill. Before we get to Jason and Jimmy, I did the 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 question I always wonder thinking about the ending of this movie is does it cheat? And I but I you know I was trying to watch it more carefully as far as it being set in a certain place in time and thinking does it add up and i i honestly think they cover their bases yeah. pretty well like they don't yeah, do they anything did. that you know it, it gives away what's going on obviously but like feels like it steps outside that parameter here's the one thing i noted this it. time uh-huh. hmm. people Uh-oh. really and and no one's gonna think this but i was thinking of back in the time but 
people weren't freely using their cell phones like this. We didn't have unlimited minutes and stuff like that at the time. Like making just casual calling and texting and stuff wasn't a, a casual, like you had to make it count and you didn't want to be uh, going over your minutes oh, yeah. and stuff back then. That's the only thing I could, I was trying to think because it really plays it well. It holds up. Uh, even then it's held at a period it's held at a it's held fairly compared to what it would be now like it's held at a fair mm-hmm. minimum as far as how much cell phone usage right i mean phone. the little guy with glasses he's on his phone quite he's, a bit yeah, and stuff that's so his i was thing. just like yeah. mm. uh, he's a douchebag he's he probably sex trafficking people <laughs> exactly right exactly that's got the money right but that, that's about it that's i was trying to look for an argument as to where it missed but that was about and like you said like i said irrelevant um, it is, yeah. But that's well, about I, all I could pick out. And it did get me, like, I mean, I can't imagine anybody being like, I knew this the whole time because it doesn't like really lead to that. It's just like, oh, that's no, a fun, no. that's a fun, exciting way to go with it. But I, like in the theater, I was like, that's so fun. That's such a cool way to go with this. But uh, Jason, where are you with five? I, I, I'm kind of like highs and lows on this one. So I was talking to Jimmy about it. I, 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 I think for the highs, it's the connections to the to the other movie because what you were talking about about how it doesn't show its hand like it never goes to the place where they say oh this event happened or whatever because all the other movies always reference the event or something you go oh this happened on flight 180 or whatever and this never references that so it's good because obviously it's a prequel to all of that so that's good um the stuff with tony todd really interesting um some of the kills really good but i also felt like there was there was there was some missteps for me the whole day you know david <laughs> I don't know. I every time I see him, I just I can't take anything that goes on seriously. Even though I still like that kill with the tar, it just there's something and and the and and the best friend who's like the the Tom Cruise guy who turns. <laughs> Thank you. Kill them. He looks exactly I, like young Tom, yeah, like little yeah, Tom. Yeah, I was Cruise. like, I don't know. There's just there's there's just some lows for me, but definitely there's some highs. I mean, does it build on four, uh, better on four and five? Of course, absolutely. But uh, but yeah, no, but but also seeing the. The, the 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 complete full circle at the end it did make me miss those characters and i almost feel like i'd like to see a jeffrey riddick written script where devon as an adult now is still alive and has to deal with all of that stuff i think i think that would be a because to me the best things about that series were were uh the grounding of devon and that early writing that jeffrey did so i would say those two things together i think would be it doesn't he doesn't have to be a teenager he can be at whatever age we want so having those two things together i think would would, would make it tasty so that's just throwing that out there for you well you know it does, you get you just start a twitter trend and then um yeah it'll happen yeah that's Sounds how things good. happen days, we'll, just we'll workshop that hashtag we'll see what we can nice. do nice nice you know what you yeah. could have Kurt smith come back too. him devin and kerr have gotten together they've been hiding it drove ali larder nuts so she was in the mental facility <laughs> telling everybody and they're secretly out there and alive avoiding death yeah, they live on a farm nice. Nice. Very, so very you can bring farm. back two people Yes. <laughs> Tony Todd knows he's the keeper. If you get on his good side, he can hide you. He's the one. That's oh, that there we go. I like that. That's idea. what he does. If you can, you can earn his trust. He's like listen, he's even, like Robert Forster in Breaking Bad. Like it's exactly like uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> even listen. Even Candy, Candyman had the had the uh, the decency to put in Tony Todd. So you you have to have Tony Todd in mm-hmm. somewhere. You have to. It's a it's a prerequisite. Jimmy, where are you? If I just. You know, actually, really quickly, I just want to say like how how amazing it is to have a horror icon of color to, like Tony Todd, who is not yeah. only he's been part of so many important 
horror genre uh, franchises. He's he's and this was it's not a usual thing. It's not a usual thing. It should be, absolutely should be. But I, I I love Tony. I think he's a legend. I think he should be in every movie. Um, that's that's my take. Uh, I love this movie. I, I remember seeing it with a at a press screening because I covered the junket. Uh, and I remember at a pre- you know at a press screening you go and everyone's like uh uh-huh, yeah that's cool yeah whatever and then they just leave to trash it. Um, this movie, yeah, you actually heard. Oh, oh my God! Oh shit! Oh yeah! Oh yeah. when that when the reveal happened, and I, I remember like really really liking the movie, and then that happened. I'm like, oh fuck yeah! That's and we all had smiles on our faces. We were like, that's that that's cool. That was smart. Now that is yeah, the final fan. destination. Yeah, that's the final destination. <laughs> they high five to drag their Mountain Dews. Death is smarter than we thought. <laughs> We'd given up on death, but death had one more trick up its sleeve. Damn right it did. <laughs> well, it's. I mean, what was your reaction? Did how much did you know beforehand of of the? Did when did that happen? When did they decide? Yeah, we're going to make this a prequel. Um, that that was again. That was something they talked about with the uh, fourth one. Um, okay. And, and they didn't just because I mean again I'm I'm so glad they didn't so that was kind of the idea yep. with with the with the fifth one um, was okay. to do that but I knew it was going to happen so that was one of those things another thing where you go and watch the movie <laughs> in the theaters just because you want to hear the reactions when they're because you people figure it out at different times when they get on the plane so there's like little things where they're like wait hey what and you start hearing mur- mur- murmurings in the theater and then they see Alex getting dragged mm-hmm. off and then they're like oh shit did you I mean, they do cooler. They say it cooler than that, but uh, yeah, it's just, I think that was pretty cool, Jer- <laughs> Jeffrey. I, I like it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I do. I, I think it's it's a really strong movie, and it, again, it's if if there were an end to the to the franchise, it certainly went out on a high note. So as a as somebody who kind of started it, you can ask. Yeah, you know, you definitely want to go out with a bang and not a whimper. Do you, I don't think. It, do you think it? Do you you don't think this is the end? Do you? No, you, it's they're not. gonna no yeah, way. Not in this day, not in no this day way. age. No, no way. Yeah. No, they're gonna make another one. It's just gonna it's gonna be a matter of time. I mean, it's been in development for a while. Um, yeah, we'll get you know this. the reality is that they're not cheap to make. You know the budgets on the first two are like twenty mil over twenty million, which especially back in the late nineties, horror movie thousand. Wow, yeah, crazy. And now with the three D, the budgets are up to like forty million. So, you know, part of it is the math. You know, it's like, okay, well, it's going to, it's expensive to make these movies, but you know, you also, it's got a loyal, you know, it's got a loyal, very loyal fan base and, you know, the log truck memes keep flying, you know, (laughs) people are like, I'm sure you're, you're sick of seeing this. I'm like, no, they feed my soul. Send me more. (laughs) Um, So there's the fan is, you know, the, they know the fans want another one and they're going to make another one. So it's it's good. Bloodworth colon final destination six. Make it out. I know. (laughs) Jeffrey, did I send you a picture that right, literally right by my house, by the where I live, there there's this abandoned home, and they had a stack of fucking logs. Oh yeah, just like from. Did I send you that? Yeah, yeah. Oh great. Okay, <laughs> I thought of you immediately. <laughs> yeah, I love it that when people think of logs, they think of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm just I double and en- I get besides saying fuck I double entendre a lot. So 
You're all I good. I like it. It's welcome here. <laughs> Focusing on five a bit more for a second. Um, this one does introduce a kind of a, a human antagonist uh, for the uh, kind of the, the final section of the movie with, yes, the character that's uh, looks a lot like Tom Cruise. Um, <laughs> did you guys appreciate like that angle as far as adding like a new element to because this one yeah tony todd explains that if somebody if you kill somebody then that can kind of remove yeah. them from death cycle was that an interesting way to did you guys think that was an interesting way to approach this one well, i mean you hadn't seen it yet and there was kind of a tease of that in the third one of somebody causing someone else's death and mm-hmm. now you see it you're like how do they like how does one get out of this or you know because there'll be a murder or something like how they explain this to the cops like this Kind of a cops thing. are always one step behind in this series too, by the way. Like we or at the FBI, I should say. The cops don't care. FBI though, they're all up yeah. in Alex's business from Robert 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 Gravier Smith, who's great in that movie. <laughs> like they just yeah. Oh, that is so too. that is so cool that you brought that up because I was gonna say like that 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 an amazing actor who I always find just original and odd and deep cover and a lot of Spike Lee films and stuff. And I remember there was a line where his partner, where he goes, Oh, that kid kind of freaks me out. And the partner goes, no, you kind of freaked me out. And I just, I was like, is that, was that written for Roger? Was that already in the script? Like, Oh, so good. Cause he's not sure. I'm not sure that feels, yeah, that feels like a ad lib almost, Mm -hmm. but it could be in the script. (laughs) The script's online somewhere. Um, So I should check. (laughs) Yeah, great, great role, great role. How about some of the other deaths in Final Destination Five? I know we talked about the gymnasium a little bit, but there's a lot of. I mean, the bridge sequence itself, I think, is a. Work oh yeah, yeah. I mean, all the, getting the the rebar stuck into uh, people, the hot fa- tar to the face, David. falling and seeing the little splat as you hit. That's a great. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a great. Oh, yeah. the boat uh, where he lands on the big boat thing and the, then the it, mast. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The car it's hitting the car falling when she thinks she made it. Yeah. <laughs> The the tar one's neat because it's not only is the tar all on him, but when he's when he's dragging away, you see the skin off his yeah. fingers like coming oh, off. Yeah. Like, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so gross. Well, there's, there's also the humorous uh part where the guy uh the one guy accidentally knocks a construction guy uh down to his death. And there's the big joke at the end. Oh yeah. Cause he thinks he killed him, so he did it, but he really the guy was going to die anyway. Yeah. And then so the engine one of the like engines from the plane lands at the wake for the guy at a bar and kills the remaining person. Yeah, we have yet we have we have yet to find one of those kind of besides people hiding out like Ali's character but mm-hmm. but finding, you know, one of those Tony Todd tricks that actually works where they go, "Listen, I've tricked it. I've done it." I'm safe. I don't have to hide. I'm good. I'm good to go. So it'd be interesting to sort of see if well, two, two, two. They have two survivors. Mm-hmm. And two, well, two survivors, I mean, unless again you count the DVD extras. The DVD, right, but that's DVD right, extras, right? So I, that's <laughs> unless you are the Scott okay. Tibbs documentary. You what, don't what, count. what is the that's novel? True. What does the true. novelization say, guys? That's what really. That's out there, right? I'm, there's the novelizations of all. Oh yeah. Movies. Well, on fanfic destination.com somewhere. Uh, how about some of the other deaths? There's the big acupuncture sequence, which mm-hmm. I think is just that's just an ingenious thought. It's like I like the idea someone just wrote acupuncture and they just worked backwards from there. It's like, yeah, all right, let's do that. That one, that one has a lot of stages, followed by I think like a giant rock falls on his head. Big Buddha, big Buddha, big Buddha, big Buddha. Yeah, yeah, not very peaceful. <laughs> that's karma, baby. I mean, three of these uh, have had the full chi eye trauma going on full force yeah. here, which is always a thing. Like, how mm-hmm. can you? mess with people's eyes also lasers mm. are cool so you know lasers very cool <laughs> any other favorites i think we talked about like all of them except for yeah, no, a lot of, real know, death 
Yeah, okay, yeah, he just gets smacked in the face with a giant yeah. wrench. Yep. It happens. <laughs> Which was a nice shock, too. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, we've gone through all five of these films. The thing that we like to do here now is is rank the franchise as we go, and now we have a unique perspective because we obviously have the creator of the I'm franchise. Gonna, gonna, I'll cover my ears for this, and I won't be offended. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've been around a long time, so I don't get offended by anything. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> Go ahead, guys. Jimmy, let's start with you. Rank the, the franchise. Rank in all, in front in of all me. honesty, Jeffrey, I, and I'm not saying this uh, just to kiss your butt, because uh, you know, you know, I do. Uh, I'll say anything. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. One is my favorite. Yeah. I remember seeing it. I remember being so affected i remember the practical effects being horrific especially that the 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 hang the choking scene uh the shower scene um i it's that's my favorite uh i would say five is my second favorite two then there's two more that kind of (laughs) yeah i would say three i'd probably say four and three maybe three and four depending on the day but yeah i one is one just felt really special, and I, I remember reading an article about it, like, the day before I saw it, I was like, oh, practical effects, <gasps> and it was so good. I was a big fan of Devin at the time. I still am. I think he's an amazing guy, so, yeah, I, I still go with first. The first first is best. Anton Tobias. It's splitting hairs for me as far as five and one, honestly, because it's eight, but mm-hmm. I think what gives it the edge is, like, five I'd probably put on because it's it's, like, fun, where one is, like, it's certainly enjoyable. It's just more of, I feel bad more because if I like these characters more than one, <laughs> so therefore I could probably reach for five first as far as like, if I want to get some elaborate kill sequences and not feel bad about it, I'd, pr- I'd probably go five, mm. one, then two, four, three. Like that's pretty straightforward for me. Jason, yeah. how about you? Yeah, Devin, I'm with Jimmy on that one. The first one is, like like I said, Devin's a real grounding for me, which I, I, I really enjoy. And I, I I would love to see him come back to that thing. Um, me so too. yeah, for de- definitely for one, one is, 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 is huge for me. Now I would go one, then two, then five, then three, then four. So, yeah. Brandon? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm on the Aaron side of five and one are really, really strong for me. Uh, one though, um, I had like, weird enough like that was really big for me when it first came out i really love the movie and it i had this weird reverse sense of haunting because i saw the movie i had just gotten back from spring break on a saturday the weekend it came out and i went and saw final destination on a sunday and i had flown but i had some like reverse trauma watching final destination about like oh my gosh what if i was on you know like i shouldn't have been because i my, my flight was over but it was having some like reverse traumatic effect on me, like where it was really bugging me and in my head. I don't know why, yeah. but it kind of had that. And I was always really strong in that movie. Um, so, yeah. And then five, just such a nice surprise. It's so well done. I think it's the perfect marriage of the two tones the movie takes put together while also being as intriguing yeah. and interesting with mythology as the first one was and the touches the second one adds to it. Um, so, yeah, one in five. Two, I'm... I keep getting higher and higher on every time I return to two. So it's really up there. There's this echelon of them up there with one, two, and five. And then I like, I, I enjoy three and then not, not a fan of four. So that's, that's Jeffrey, where I'm at. Jeffrey, how about you? What, do you have a final what? ranking on this? Oh my God. No, um, it's <laughs> funny. It's funny because I, it's hard to separate out like the personal. For sure. Stuff. Because yeah. I definitely, I appreciate one so much because 
you know, and this isn't trying to brag or anything, because it was such a fight to get it made mm -hmm. with, again, having death as the protagonist, which we hadn't seen in a film before. So it was so hard to get it made that I appreciate it for, for that, for it kind of breaking new ground as a film. Enjoyment-wise, I enjoy part two, and then I would say part five, then part one. I love Devin though, like and Al, like I love our cast and everybody. Um, and I, you yeah. know, and I, I think James and, and Glenn did a great job too. It's just, you know, there's I pick apart one a little bit more because it's, it's more different. personal. I can see that, and it's yeah. And yeah. so for me, it's like okay, Keir Smith's a great asshole, but all he is is an asshole. Like the whole movie, he just runs around shoving people, <laughs> and Billy's falling off his bike all the time, and that's pretty much all he does. He's a klutz. Uh, he's a klutz. <laughs> So for me, there's like, there's just, it's hard to separate out stuff. So I think two, five, one, and then four and three is probably my least favorite. All right. Yeah. I'm glad we got all that out of the way. Before we wrap up here, uh, Jeffrey, are there any, is there anything work you're working on you want to, you want to talk about it? No, it's, it, I'm really excited um, about a couple of things. I, I wrote on an animated kids cartoon called a tale dark and grim that's coming out this friday on netflix oh very cool uh, october 8th um and so i wrote two episodes it's like a 10 episode series really fun it was really nice to write on something during covid that was a little brighter and yeah. positive <laughs> fun um i'll be sure to put a link to the trailer for that in the show notes and uh, so yeah, yeah that's that's coming out and um yeah you know my directorial debut came out last year don't look back but i'm going to be directing another movie um at the top of the year um it's going to be a slasher film uh can't really talk much about it but i will come back and t tell you guys about it later but we'd, we'd be happy to have you back and talk about it more than yeah. Yeah. yeah no so i'm super excited about that and i also wrote on a another cartoon called um samurai rabbit the usagi uh chronicles it's a spinoff of the usagi ujimbo japanese comic book mm. um, um so that'll be coming out next year so um, yeah, I've been working a lot in the animated space, which is interesting because I still I want to get back to to killing. I joke to the animated people because I'm like, you know, I'm, I got tired of killing people for a while. So let's play with the kids. And I'm like, I, but I still want to kill. Don't get me wrong. I still want to murder people. Uh, I'm they not come around. They're the like, we, want, we have fight at the station. We get Jeffrey ready. Get him on the phone. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not leaving the genre. I want to murder people. So. Um, so, yeah, it's just been a really fun time. And I produced a couple of films like The Final Wish with. Tobin Bell and Lynn Shea that, mm -hmm. that came out last last year and now it's coming back out in October. Fathom is doing a re-release of that for Halloween and uh, did the call with Lynn Shea and Tony Todd and Michael Welch from Day of the Dead and Twilight, but those are two dis disparate kind of films. But yeah, like um, I've got a lot of balls in the air. Like that's Very not cool. a performance. Um, Very cool. That's actually, so I, we'll see which ones land because you never know. And that's the thing about this business oh. is you just never know which ones are going to get the trigger pulled on them. So um, yeah, just excited in, in general about the future. So, and I always love talking to, to, to folks about my stuff. Cause you know, especially when you're a writer in films, like nobody usually, that's what I love about the horror genre. Nobody usually gives two craps about writers, except in the horror genre. Um, yeah. So I love talking, you know, horror especially because i you know the, the fans are so appreciative uh the people that discuss it on their on their shows and their podcasts are just you know they just appreciate all the work that goes into it from like the writing to the special effects to the sound to the 
to all, you know, there's so much love that goes to everybody involved and not just focused on like the star and director, which happens in most other genres. That is, so, um, yeah, that's, that's something we do. We have like to focus on that we've, because we do, you know, every October we do these special episodes, these kind of bonus horror themed ones. And that's something we've very much focused on as far as, you know, giving credit to all kinds of different area aspects of the genre, whether it's talking about practical effects in the genre or just spotlighting mm-hmm. certain filmmakers or going into the, you know, the depths of certain genres and what they add to, you know, into the, 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 the realm of cinema and what have you. It's just, I, I, I think we all here find it to be fascinating, obviously, or else we wouldn't be doing a podcast about it to begin with. So, absolutely. Uh, Jeffrey, oh, it, mm, sorry. Jeffrey, I want to actually say, please, if you haven't seen Don't Don't Look Back, go see it. It's a really a rented by it. It's a really fun movie. And I, I, Jeffrey, I'm still blown away with what you did with that film. I, I really am. I think it's really good. And I, I hope people check it out because they should. It's great. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll, link, yeah. I'll, I'll link to that in the uh, in the show notes as well. Um, but um, but Jeffrey, I we thank you very much for joining us for for our our, our final destination episode here. It's super awesome to you know <laughs> have you on to talk in depth about not only you know the films you were involved with, but stay on with us to talk about the other films as well. As, as far as you know, your connection to this franchise and everything, I, I really appreciate you being being here with us. Well, thank you for doing the podcast again. It's a, it wouldn't be what it is without people appreciating it and having the fans. And so, just as a horror fan myself, like the fact that I'm talking about it. You know, again, I wrote it when I was 10, but the fact I'm talking about it like 20 some years later is, you know, if you'd have told little horror watching Jeffrey Reddick, you know, the 14 year old hillbilly in Kentucky that, you know, someday he'd write a movie that people would be talking about for 20 years. He'd be like, he would say, of course, but not really believe it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a cocky little fucker back then. Um, but, back then? <laughs> but thank you all so much for having me on. I for appreciate sure. it. The, uh, the last thing we do here is get out some plugs, some where you, people can find everybody on social media, what have you. So, Jeffrey, can we start with you? Where, where can people find more of you on a more regular basis if they want? Yeah, to? Uh, Twitter or Instagram, uh, Jeffrey A. Reddick. I tend to be t- more of a Twitterer because I don't, you know, <laughs> my life is not interesting enough to be on Instagram. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be <laughs> posting like thirst pictures of me and like a thong or anything well maybe i'll start doing that because i'm getting desperate you got to catch so up with jimmy twitter, i'm twitter more often <laughs> <laughs> jimmy how are you where, where can people find more of your work uh yeah joe blow arrow in the head uh we live entertainment of course cosm you have sound scary uh there's a great episode with jeffrey on that one uh you should watch <laughs> it you can find that um and of course you know i get stoned every friday with my partner or something sony so there you go jason coleman where can people find more of you yeah, well, actually, linked, linking to this, and, and again, some of them you may agree with, some of you may not. They're my just my take on it, but I'm going to put up once this this um, this podcast hits, I will be uh, releasing that day the top ten Final Destination film franchise deaths, in my opinion, so that we'll yeah. uh, we'll collate that, make sure that goes up, um, and that will of course be on whysoblue.com. Um, and uh, other than that, yeah, no, we're just uh, a flicks for fans that I do with Jimmy. Last thing we did was a. Um, uh mad max fury road apocalyptic drive-in screening which sold out so we occasionally do cool uh events and fun stuff but uh other than that just a just a fan and thank you jeffrey again for for coming in so i i I'm, i love hearing backstory stuff so and you got the great stuff so thank you sir oh absolutely uh brandon peters where can people find more of you well jeffrey you can follow me at brandon 4kuhd on twitter and instagram if your idea of thirst trapping is pictures of blu-rays and <laughs> <laughs> clips of podcasts uh, 
I have my podcast, The Brandon Peters Show, which is at thebrandonpetershow.com, YouTube, and anywhere uh, podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, apparently, got a following there, uh, wherever, you know, wherever you can find them. Uh, I've got kind of hit and miss on this month with some inter- more interesting Halloween stuff as I dive into these shows and uh, put a little focus here, but there's tons of great content, including the uh uh, one year one into year two week with uh, a lot of great episodes uh, with some some of my favorite uh, or my unique favorite odd favorite films, uh, including Sorcerer, Sound of My Voice, uh, Blood and Black Lace, and Bucktown. So check those out right now because I put like six hours of material in one week and I should have spread it out over a month. But check them out. Uh, <laughs> and of course, whysoblue.com for my Blu-ray and 4K reviews. You find everything I do over at uh, my personal blog, thecodeofzeke.com. All my written reviews end up over there, but I also write for leadofentertainment.com for my movie reviews, wisesofblue.com for Blu-ray and Criterion reviews. I'm occasionally on Variety, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. You can find all the other episodes of this podcast everywhere you can find podcasts on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, Stitcher, all that stuff. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of those things. You can email us at dot.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, next week, we will be talking the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. So, exactly. Be prepared for eight, eight different variations on that exact sound that I will be sure to use in the recording for next week's episode. That is awesome. That was the most ridiculous chainsaw sound I've ever heard. That's amazing. When I think of onomatopoeias for chainsaws, it'll be Jeffrey Reddick making that noise. <laughs> but I once again want to thank Brandon and Jason, Jimmy, and of course, our special guest, Jeffrey Reddick, for joining us for this Final Destination episode. And thank you. Thank you all. Have a great night. And uh, yes, until next time, so long and goodbye. Say that he got crazy once and he tried to touch the sun and he lost a friend but kept a memory.